Hey, welcome back to Reselect. This is Dave Gershman. You've arrived just in time to hear our episode about the cars. Uh, this is our possibly last artist overview episode. Pretty long one. Well, they always are. So um, break it up in some manageable bites and, uh, you know, a few different commutes. Prior to this, you've heard that we've been doing some album episodes, and those will continue after this one. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, we will stick with those from here on out. The Cars were a classic pop rock band, new wave to some extent, 1978 through, well, I don't know, I'm not quite sure when they officially broke up, but we're listening to their first several albums from the debut album in 1978 to 1984's Heartbeat City. We're all familiar with the Cars, you know, who... Who can really escape them, or who could escape them at some point? Uh, People of a certain age, let's put it that way, are very familiar with the cars. Eric Green and Sarah Wassel will be with me as always, and we're approaching this from various degrees of familiarity. You'll, You'll get to hear all about our various opinions on their various albums and more in this episode. Uh, sit back and relax, do whatever you're doing, work on your house with this playing in the background. Make sure to tell everybody you know about Reselect and how much you're enjoying listening to it, uh, assuming that in some way you are, I hope. Please leave comments and rate rate us. Leave any uh, suggestions for future albums. Love to consider those. We will certainly take into consideration every request that comes our way. Let me bring this intro screeching to a halt. little car's humor there. Let's peel out and get this thing on the road. Sorry. I think you'll be hearing this uh, episode in early May. I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I believe that's true. Don't want to steer you in the wrong direction, but it may be May when you listen to this. Myself, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only you know the answer. I, to I that. can hear you. I can hear you fine. So the cars. We listened to the cars this past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have been listening to them since I was a kid. My brother left this cassette tape, which I'm going to shake around next to the mic because I think the <laughs> ASMR of a cassette tape is oh, really. Yeah. <laughs> right? Here, I'm going to open it. I like that. Can right? you turn the little spool too and to make a sound? Um, Try. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the... Cool. So this is the cassette... chills. Right? That's the sound, right? Yeah. 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 So this is the cassette tape of Heartbeat City. So this was in my house when I was a kid. And also, I think my dad must have had some of the vinyl records because I spent a fair amount of time looking at the records as a kid and laughing at the photos of the band. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they're not, <laughs> how shall we put this? Traditionally handsome gentlemen. They're, Except for Ben Orr. Ben Orr, ben Orr is, is quite pretty. Guy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got some. He's got some pretty sweet cheek, cheekbones. And then there's one of the record covers where he's got. I think it's the back of the Cars' first record where he's got a uh-huh. a lollipop he's eating. Yeah, that was oh good to look at that. Oh my! It is. <laughs> it is no, salacious. That, that, that red lollipop is like. Nope, that's <laughs> cool. not it. That's not on that one. Candy O. 
Yep, that's the one. Yeah, look at him. I was kind of caught by that one. He's got this like feathered blonde hair and he's wearing like it's a red collared shirt with like a black blazer of some kind. That's a red lollipop. And he has a very wet red lollipop like (laughs) just inside of his mouth. Yep. Yeah, but anyway, and then Rick Ocasek is in the top left. He is not traditionally good looking. No, but you know what? When I think when you look at pictures of him when he was younger, he had blue eyes, Mm. like really blue eyes. And he, he's very thin and kind of like stretched out looking. Mm-hmm. And he always has some kind of weird looking haircuts. But I think that's a, um aspect of the fact that there's poor hair products for a long time until yeah. fairly recently. <laughs> and also like, you know, if people have weird haircuts that like in a time period were cool and worked. Right. There's yeah, probably not a, lot of, there's not a lot of good photos of those haircuts. Like right. in person, they probably looked actually pretty cool. So, but if you look at him on that record, he's got his hair goes like past his ears, like just above his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And there's not a discernible part. It's like a weird. It's, it's a weird definitely haircut. an '80s look. He's yeah, clearly, and uh, he, he, I'm sure he cut a a very striking presence when you were in a room with him because he was like six foot six, super tall. Yeah, he's pretty tall though. and yeah. really yeah. thin and super thin. And he has yeah. like a long neck, and he has yeah. like a, a wide, like a long space between the bottom of his nose and his mouth. Which yeah. I'm sure there's a word to describe what that is, <laughs> but it's but you know it's just a very like arresting yeah. kind of look, and and the band wears cl- like all of their albums they're wearing they're dressed up like they're wearing suit jackets. Yeah, he's he's clearly he's not completely unattractive because because he was married to Paulina Portskova. He was married three times. Well, to her, like 20-something years. Yeah. And she was his final, his last wife before he passed away. She was like my major crush when I was in hmm. uh, high school, college, whatever. Which video was she I in? Was, uh, I think she ended up being in one of the Heartbeat City videos, maybe. Right. Oh, Drive? Was she in Drive? Maybe. No, I don't. I'm not sure. Mm. I'm not sure. So how did you know what she looked like? Where did you she see her? She was on the that... cover of Sports Illustrated a few times. She, oh. was, she was like the big model of the time. For oh, okay. Three years, she was like the the the, the toppest of the top models at the time. Wow. So. so we had rock star marrying model. Yes. Who yeah. had been in his video. Yes. Who was like swimsuit model. Right. Right. And like, how, was she like a high fashion model? Did she walk around? She with? did some of that too. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I wow. remember being struck by how this really not very handsome man. Was with this wildly attractive woman. He must yeah. be a really cool guy or something. Like that. Well, he's definitely like the he's deep, right? Like well, he's the lyricist for the yeah, band. He writes the songs for the band, and while the song structure is deceptively simple, I think mm-hmm. the lyrics are. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, he was a very intelligent guy, and um, and not to pretend like I know anything about their relationship, but she was <laughs> she was actually super intelligent too. She went to mm-hmm. she was like, I think she was into, into some science. Uh, study of some science study before becoming a model. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they connected on some kind of intellectual level hmm. as much as, uh, because he was a cool rock well, star. I saw some a quote hot model and, uh, of hers and it said, yeah. I, well, I think Rick's a very handsome man. Hmm. Well, I mean, you know, like there's, we yeah. know this, there's, there's different ways of being attractive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sometimes for a lot of people, someone who's distinctive looking instead of maybe traditionally, right. you know, sure. matches like, the social norm of what's good looking is a lot more meaningful than yeah. something, someone that looks like a Ken doll or, you know, has a square jar or whatever the things are supposed to be. Right. That's boring. So Rico Kasich's dad was an analyst for NASA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And he had electronics like kind of set up in his house. So apparently when he was younger, Ocasek would, um, 
he would like experiment in there and it kind of turned into his studio. Uh And one of the things he would do is listen to Buddy Holly music and try to reproduce the production sound of Buddy Holly's music. Interesting. Which really interesting because you don't, I think from the outside, when you think about the cars, you don't think about the rockabilly and rock and roll aspects of their music, but it's so in there. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah. In so many of their songs. The first album in particular is definitely. But I think it's throughout all of their stuff. Yeah. It it makes appearances. And Hmm. actually, um, I'm sure that played a part in it too, but Elliot Easton, their guitarist, he was sort of the, the, I wouldn't quite call it roots rocker, but he was really into that kind of old fifties rock mm-hmm. guitar, Carl mm-hmm. Perkins and mm. all that. And, uh, Chet Atkins. And so he brought a lot of that to their sound as well. So mm-hmm. I think the combination probably, uh, influenced that. This mm-hmm. cool guy right here. Uh, that is actually, yes, that's mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, he was a great guitarist. Eric is pointing to the back of the candy. Yes, yes yeah, he's not. He's not sitting with following us, along. Uh, yeah. Well, so that so so Dave Robinson or David Robinson, mm-hmm. top right, uh, is the drummer. Yes, yeah, bottom left. Well, who's who's in the top right? Who's Greg, that? Is that Hawks. Greg, Greg Hawks. Greg Hawks. He plays the keyboard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's got a really distinctive look too. Yeah. But apparently, it's the drummer who had a big influence on their visual style. Yes, he. Did their cover designs or tried yeah, he, to do Well, he did designs, the painting mostly. of the flag on Panorama. He actually created that painting? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not sure if I knew that. But I know he was involved in trying to do all their cover designs, and it didn't always end up the way he... Well, like the, the first album with the, mm-hmm. the woman at the car, with the, the, the wheel. With the clear steering wheel? Yes, the clear so steering wheel. So cool. <laughs> they created that, apparently. Or the, the photographer created that himself, hmm. the steering wheel. But the photographer was not David Robinson. But he, what he wanted was a collage, a black and white collage of the band, like uh, like sixteen little pictures on the cover. Which is or which is in which is in the in the yes, liner. I think it ended up right. Yeah, it's it in the liner, and it says it credits him with it actually. So it's that yeah, it's the this first one, this, one. this first oh. one with the silver border. Yeah, I think the record company is. prevailed upon them to let this other photographer do it, and he was actually a well-known fashion photographer, I think. Who the drummer the was? No, the, no sorry, the, the photographer ended up doing the the, co- mm. the photo shoot. Yeah, they're uh, very fashiony looking. Yeah, I mean, it ended up being very very iconic album mm-hmm. cover, and I think it's probably a better choice than what he would have wanted to be. Well, with. that's mm-hmm. wild conjecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, given that we actually have a version of it here, I would say the other ones, the album, in my opinion, the other ones mm. the better album cover. So it's well, more, more eye catching. Well, it's definitely so. a more singular image, obviously, because yeah. the others are collage, but you never know, like if it's, if it's got the glossy application and it's like on the cover instead of tucked right. away inside yes. the impression it's of not it printed would on be different. It's best here yeah. either. So, but all that aside, it's a fucking great album cover. Yeah. Uh, candy O though. Uh, that's that one. Such a, an eye catching girl. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the story behind that is that he, David Robinson, had the idea, uh, he had some connection because uh, I think he knew the niece of Varga, mm. and she was a big fan of the cars, mm-hmm. and so through that, he, he he always appreciated his artwork, and so he, even though Varga had retired, mm-hmm. he was in his 80s when he did this this piece. Oh, yeah? They they brought him out of retirement to uh, to paint that. And here's an interesting fact. the The woman who modeled for that, her name is actually Candy. Oh, no way. However, they already had the title Candy O. It has not, mm. it's apparently not named hmm. after her. She is also, she was an actress who played Lucille Ball's daughter back in the early 60s, uh, like a young teen daughter um, on this on the Lucy show. Not the... Not you know, I Desi, Love Lucy. Not I Love Lucy, mm-hmm. but yeah. like a second later mm-hmm. series. And uh, she did a few other little movies and TV shows, but she ended up becoming a model. 
And so she, they have photos posing on top of this car, this Ferrari, and uh, Varga took the photos, or actually maybe, maybe they took the photos and then gave them to Varga. So he used those as his the basis for his hmm. his artwork. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I know that like it's obvious that there's a car image included in the Candio cover that the woman is laying on, right? And then the first record where there's a woman driving a car, mm-hmm. and then the, the Heartbeat City has like a car on it yeah. as well, which... I, I, like I a, swear to you guys, I never put that together until today. How yeah. obvious and the that panorama is. has the, fi- the, f- yeah. the checkered flag at the car race. It's it's interesting. I feel like does Shake It Up have a, an obvious car uh, reference here? Or? Uh, not on oh, the cover. Shake It Up has this like this photo is so soft focus. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's about to disappear. Like I, I yeah. look at it and I kind of like blink a few times. I'm it's like, like, is it fading? <laughs> It's like you're looking at her through a window of a steamy room or something, yeah. and she's just barely visible. But again, like That's what cool. I was talking about with the hyper, hyper femme, like it's so aggressive. It's like beyond like a woman posing yeah. with a cocktail oh, yeah. shaker. Yeah. She's almost like it's almost a grimace, you know? Just, right. It's just short of that. But Yeah, no, that, that definitely has a comedic slash gruesome kind of... I mean, well, I've always, a- I've always found their music to be pretty funny, actually. You know, when I was a kid and I listened to it, one of the reasons I liked it was that it has all these weird sciencey space noises in it. Yeah. There's so a lot of that. Yeah. Right? So when you're yeah. when you're eight and you're listening to it, that's enough. Yeah. It's like Disney music. And it's you different know? from yeah. all the other music that's been was at that era going on. It, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. I do wonder how whether they listened to Kraftwerk. Because their first record came out in seventy eight. And mm-hmm. I think Kraftwerk's first record also came out in seventy eight, which was um Oh, the computer one. Yeah, Audubon? Nope. No? It's not Audubon. No. That was like two or three. Oh, is it? Um, oh, it's going to make me crazy. Uh, yeah, but that record is so cool. It's got all these weird noises in it I, I that think, they made. None of them, they right. built all the machines that made all those noises. <laughs> I think there's a little bit less of that kind of sound in their record, their first album, but I think if it influenced them, it would have been, mm. it was more like... Maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Panorama shows a lot of that kind of sound i think heartbeat city has a lot of it in it too i don't know there there were several times i I wondered about their influences like well to dial it back a moment the uh okasic and or had actually been recording or not necessarily recording but together playing since 1965 actually they were contemporaries of like the beatles and the stones and stuff but it's about a dozen years before they recorded yeah, yeah yeah and um but they didn't have any like widespread success that way they i think they were more mm-hmm. like regional like club playing local clubs and stuff and they had a duo and then they had this other band and, and well, were they playing in the a very same band most of that time or i think they that that... they started together for a while they went maybe separated there's like a one one was called milkwood oh yeah yeah now, that one they were both in i think yeah, yeah. So maybe you... they were together throughout this and i think i think the cars was kind of like a, a very conscious decision to mm-hmm. Trying to make a real shot, take a shot at the at, at the big time. I mean, they were doing like kind of this acoustic stuff before that, and and they probably had some idea that it wasn't going to be like you know, massively well, popular. But who knows? I mean, I mean, I feel like if you read a description of that early music, it sounds like it's not going to be good. Yeah, they they were I, in this band that was a Crosby, Stills and Nash yeah, style yeah. folk rock band. I, I listened to called one or two. Milkwood, and the album they made was How's the Weather. Yeah, like every part of that is like. Yeah. I, I found a couple of, I found a couple of those songs online and I tried listening to them and they were not particularly interesting. You could yeah. hear Okasic's voice, but uh-huh. 
he was doing these folky songs and it just sounded strange. It was like he was pretending to be doing this because you're just so used to him being like right. this, like very um, sarcastic. It definitely kind did. Of thing. He, the and, singing and, does sound both him and, yeah. and Benjamin Orr when they sing yeah. sounds like sarcastic. It's got almost that Sex Pistol style right. like it's fake, very detached nature to their mm-hmm. singing. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. They, they're definitely not. They don't connect much like emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's not what the cars are there for, I think. <laughs> oh, I, I actually yeah. disagree with you on that one, but we can talk about there, there that. There are a few I times am, when they we do. Can, we can get into it like the, in, yeah. on a song basis. Yeah, there are a few times basis. that they do. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not saying they never do. But. Mm-hmm. but what really struck me about their voices is they they certainly so much more affected, or maybe not affected, that's their natural voice, perhaps. No, but, I uh, think you're right. I think it does sound affected. They, 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 so they deliberate, like, I'm doing a especially thing okay, my voice. Especially like okay, sick. And this is my music, and this is how I'm going to sing, and this is how I'm going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they 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 accentuate that, mm-hmm. right? I think OK Six specifically, yeah. But uh, or to some extent too, he's like a little bit like trying to be like. I don't think LBC it's any coincidence they sound similar. Hmm? I don't think it's any coincidence that they sound similar. You know, they're they're both capitalizing on that to sound each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even conscious or not. Can I? I don't even know if I could pick out which song is sung by who. I struggle with it. Just so yeah. happens I went I, through good. the first oh, three albums. Did you? Where's my Excel sheet, Dave, so I could see? <laughs> yeah, right. I, if I can't see it in front um, of me, I don't believe that you did it. They they actually about it's about half and half on most of the first three albums. Interesting. Uh, so Lennon McCartney of them. Yeah, except that Okasik writes everything. Right, 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 right. So he just decided. I don't know if he decided like, oh, here this one. I'm. I wrote for you to sing, Ben. And I, I don't know. Maybe they test them out and, and tested them out and just see who sounds better. But mm. um, You're on a first name basis with him? Ben? I yeah. know, right? Did you ben notice that? He shortened it. I did it about the drummer earlier. I was like, Dave Robinson. No, that's not his name. I'm not going to keep saying Ben Orr. Ben Orr. Ben Orr. Like, you know, come on. <laughs> what else do I say? Orr? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's confusing. You're right. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Rick, Rick has that more quavery kind of like kind of warbly voice and, and mm. that's definitely seems affected to me like mm. doubt he had to sing that way right right i mean i, I bet he had a, the ability to sing more smoothly but it's kind of this nervous kind of sounding thing and i think that may have been intentional for his lyrics just mm. to fit the songs better mm-hmm. but like for example uh ben sang um uh just what i needed mm-hmm. uh bye bye love movie mm. and stereo mm-hmm. all mixed up mm. And then you have Rick singing with the Good Times Roll, Best Friends Girl, Don't You Stop, which I love. Mm-hmm. The the use of cha in the title for mm-hmm. that one, Don't Cha Stop. Mm-hmm. I've always appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I was going to mention before when you were talking about like your history of the band, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was living in Massachusetts when they first oh. came out. And oh, right. So they're they, from Boston. Yeah. They're from Boston. And they got a lot of play on WBCN, the local, the big local like alternative kind of station apparently and from what i what i understand the uh they gave them a lot of exposure locally and then it sort of took off elsewhere they somehow got picked up elsewhere and it really um exploded but they i guess they played some demos first that had a different sound but then even before the album came out i was not listening at that time but Mm -hmm. then when the uh the first album came out it was just all over the radio Mm. in new england and i'm sure can't speak for anywhere else, but mm-hmm. everybody in my high school was listening to it. It was just the big album. Uh, was there a certain amount of pride because they're local? I think so, yeah. yeah. No, there definitely was. I just remember all these people with the Boston accents, like, talking about the cars. Oh, no. I didn't I even put the that together. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, no. Exactly. 
Um, oh. <laughs> I did not have one at the time because we had just moved there a couple right. of years before, you know, as far as I know. So, you know, I had the cassette from my brother, but he, so my brother is like music snob from way back. Like from, I don't understand how, well, I guess if you're, you know, eight and your dad takes you to see Queen live, you're going to have some pretty particular ideas about what music is good and what isn't. Mm-hmm. So we had this Cars cassette around that was his that I used to listen to or we used to listen to in the car. But I always had this impression from him that he thought they were a joke band. He deliberately gave me that impression. He's the one that I heard the rumor from that Okazik himself said that the band was a joke and that he was just using it to try to deliberately sell out and that he hated the band. And I did. I looked all over the internet and tried to find proof that he ever said that, and I can't find anything. Think, yeah. So it sounds like a like a, a rumor that my brother mm-hmm. my brother periodically would lie to me about music or yeah. like shatter my illusions of it. Like he told me all <laughs> this nasty stuff about the Beach Boys. He's like, they're not. They can't actually surf, you know. And I was like, no, so sad. <laughs> yeah, which actually was true. Which but. is true. Yeah, he's like, they're just ho dads. They just hang out on the beach and like talk to girls and pose with surfboards. <laughs> And I love the Beach Boys, and that was really upsetting. So, like, this falls in line well, if he's making this stuff up it's about interesting. the cars. You said he was a Queen fan? I mean, yeah, I think he was into them, yeah. Well, which is funny, because Roy Thomas Baker, who mm. produced Queen, mm-hmm. was the Cars producer for their first four mm, albums. No way, I, mean, yeah. I didn't know that. And so, cool. a lot of you, what you hear, like, there are elements uh, throughout the first album, I think I noticed it most, is where the way he took, especially, like, harmonies and did that kind of Queen thing, yeah. where it's just, like like a very smoothed out, just lots of voices. And, mm-hmm. um, I think I noticed it most on, uh, all mixed up, mm-hmm. especially that has a lot of that, but, um, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting that he was all about queen, but mm-hmm. somehow the, he, I wouldn't say he was all about queen. Well, he okay, was okay. He's difficult to pin down. Right, like okay. his, yeah. he was really into thing, like yeah. punk and outsider type music. Oh, okay. And plus, like, this idea of selling out was a much bigger deal than it is now. Oh, it's not a there deal was, now at all. Apparently. No, nobody cares. Like, <laughs> nobody cares. It's like, sell it as fast as you can and make yeah. as much money yeah. as you can. But for a long time, when it came to music, there was a, a good couple of decades where the idea of selling out and authenticity of a musician and a band was, like, yeah. really oh, important yeah. to a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, and some band, I think some acts even lost fans because mm-hmm. of selling out. If they sold out, yeah, 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 they would get this, like, oh, they're just a bunch of sellouts, right. and then they would lose their original fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably they were getting a giant new fan base. So what did they really right. care you know, about? Well, that's what that selling out to have. Yeah. Mm. That perception I've heard before, even yeah. experienced that. I was kind of new to rock and roll in my 19s and, you know, 19, 20 years old, some in that area. And hearing the cars for the first time, they did sound so different. It did mm-hmm. sound like, you know, because Rick Ocasek makes his voice different, it mm-hmm. sounds like he's attempting to be somebody he isn't. It sounds mm-hmm. unauthentic. Mm. And, and that perception is that it was making himself somebody he isn't and right. selling out. Right. And, so, and then on top of it, when you have a lot of music that's got synthesizers in it that are like yeah, kind of yeah, electronic, kind of quote unquote fake, fake noises, right? Yeah. Then all that works together to make it sound like some kind of weird. Yeah. And, the, and, and with the album covers being so heavily stylized, you know, like yeah. it's not like yeah. a cool rock band that's like in an alley posing with a bunch of graffiti. Like instead it's these very polished images yeah. of like mm-hmm. supermodels or whatever. So this is, it's a very artificial, there's a lot of artificiality, right? In, right. in what they make, right. except somehow it comes together to make this it amazing really fucking badass thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, stuff. the yeah. interesting, I mean, as far as like selling out, like, you know, it's, it's hard to sell out if you haven't like started out at some point where you weren't selling out, you know I mean? But they were just, they hit the scene and went mega popular instantly. Yeah, so it's, it's true. Well, hard to, they were, hmm. they were commercial. Yes. But 
I don't think well, well, ever... a listener may not know that history, though. But uh, yeah, I mean, to accuse anybody of selling out, they would have had to have some idea, I think, of where they were. Right, they earlier, had been doing some something else, right, and then right. changed it so, aggressively to become. Yeah, I don't think the cars ever got accused of selling out because I think they were certainly accused of maybe being too commercial, too polished, or whatever. That's some, mm-hmm. by some people, you know. Mm-hmm. Their their first album, I, I looked up where it hit the charts, and it it went up to number eighteen, which is mm-hmm. surprising. I didn't not that it went that high, but that it didn't go higher. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was just based on what I remember from airplay and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did sell a million copies over the course of the one year. Since that's it was a released. lot of records. That, that, that is a lot. Mm-hmm. So, From 1978? Yeah. 78 to 79, yeah. 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 And they won um, Best New Artist in a Rolling Stone that's poll. That's not surprising. <laughs> in 1978, yeah. yeah. The, the biggest hit off of that one was uh, Just What I Needed. Mm-hmm. Again, this is... listen to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Music, yeah. yeah. Look at that. Music. Uh, listen to it this It only went to number 27, about. apparently. Which, But that was the biggest hit off the... Although Best Friends Girl went to number mm-hmm. three in mm-hmm. the UK. Mm-hmm. So they were also doing extremely well elsewhere. All right. So... Uh, yeah, let's get a little music going here. Oh, and the clapping. I love the clapping. I'm going to talk about clapping in a minute. I love the clapping. I have a theory about I have clapping. Some on very interesting thing to add to this song, too. And you will be the judge of how interesting it uh, is. This is very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that clapping definitely makes the song. Mm-hmm. Whenever I listen to this when I'm cleaning the house, I always clap when I'm walking around the house. <laughs> And that guitar is so rockabilly. Yeah. That's the thing about the song. It's like such a great blend of 50s, 60s, 70s. It's like, like that synth in there, but it's also got that rockabilly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got all these influences going on. Yeah, just this morning I was listening to it and trying to figure out the, the strumming pattern. Yeah, on yeah. And the, their music is so fun to sing along with, oh, right? Because really there's like that, yeah. little bit harmony parts. You can just yeah. come in like... You know, like you don't have to sing the main part. It's really fun. Yeah, it's really joyful. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. I, th- I I think this was always my favorite song on the album, uh, or at least the ones that were getting airplay. Yeah. This album of, of the ones that we listened to, this is easily my favorite. Of the, oh, really? Of them, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I I I'd agree. I, that's it's still my favorite I mean it's yeah it's it's got so many good songs on it it's like so it, it opens with good times roll my best friend's girl just and what just I, what I needed those first which like one two three boom 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 yeah can't say definitively but probably it's one of the t- one of the best debut albums ever I mean yeah. there's very few acts yeah. that had such a strong right. album as their first album and because the, the, every song on there could yes. theoretically have been a hit on the yeah and I and, and I think the ones that you might for me, I find when I listen to this record, the songs on it that I would want to say are weaker are actually not at all. They're great no, songs. just by they, comparison. Yeah, they're right. just next to ones <laughs> that are right. so good yeah, that yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, this one. But then yeah. you listen to it by itself and you're like, oh, yeah. those are great. Yeah. My favorite song on this record is Moving in Stereo. I was just going to say cool. that too. It is yeah. just like really one like of the most song. epic rock songs ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Dave, did you need to say your interesting thing I, to us? I still need to say my interesting <laughs> thing. Okay, we're listening to your okay. interesting yeah, thing. Okay, I'm going to go back to this for a second. Um, so I, what I want you to listen to is this guitar part here, right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Super rockabilly. Okay. It's not just rockabilly. That is right. a direct lift from a Beatles song. Wait, I want to guess. Okay. Oh, but I won't be able to. Well, when I first 
was trying to think, okay, this sounds like something the Beatles did. And one of their earlier songs. From, right? Is it from Let It Be? Not, uh, the, not the, the song, the record. Because that record is their most no. kind of like bluesy, guitar-y. No, it's from uh, the White Album, actually. Oh, I hate myself for not knowing right away what this is, but I have too much Cars music in my head. I can't. It's coming. Wow. Exactly. Nice. Note for note. Note for note. That was great. It was surprising to me just how... I thought that, that that solo or whatever you want to call it was heavily influenced by a Beatles song, but I mm. didn't realize it was note for note. Kind of shocking because I Will doesn't sound, it's such a quiet song. Mm-hmm. And then you have My Best Friend's Girl. But if that that, that little bit fits mm-hmm. so well into mm-hmm. both of them. And mm-hmm. Okay, so we you wanted to talk about I want to talk movie about, and stereo. Oh, oh, before. Can I talk oh, about sure. clapping in records and my First. theory about oh, yeah, this? Yeah. Have I told you guys Please. about this before? Please do. No. So I have, this, I have this personal theory and I really want to hear if anybody can disprove it because I haven't had anybody say it yet. I think any record that includes clapping sounds is awesome. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's my idea. Wow. Does that apply to podcasts? Maybe we should... <laughs> no, music. <laughs> music. But I think when they use claps as percussion... Um, do you like... Oh, he said... Don't, don't Bring Me Down by ELO? Probably. I do like Electric Light Orchestra. Because they do this... It's a very, very rapid clapping at one point. Does it sound cool? Not really. I mean, it's, it, <laughs> it's, it's definitely no. Check it out. I'm going to make a note of it for later. It's somewhere in there. What's the song called? Don't Bring Me Down. Okay. You know, Don't Bring Me Down. <laughs> Is that song? how the nice. song goes? <laughs> yes. He, he nailed it. Don't Bring Me Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll recognize. <laughs> Probably. A lot of their songs are like that. Yeah. But anyway. yeah, clapping. I did clapping. Yeah. And, and the it, song it, that you're talking about, I mm-hmm. made the same note on this guy. Mm-hmm. The Beatles have done that. They've mm-hmm. used it in a few songs. And it definitely, it, it livens things Oh, are you trying to say there. the Beatles are good or something? Uh, it definitely adds something. Do you think it's it, something it, energetic? Something humanizes it almost? Also that, yeah. I, I could too. participate if yep. I want to. Yeah. Which I think for the yeah. Cars is a pretty important thing because some of their songs oh, don't yeah. sound very human. Oh, because they're so synthy and they yeah. have so many yeah. weird noises yeah. in them. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool in a lot of cases. Occasionally yeah. it works against them, I think. So we're going to talk about moving in stereo? Yes. The yes, please. raddest fucking song ever because yeah, it starts with the UFO it. space sound. This is also the soundtrack to the famous scene in Fast Times at Ridgemont yes, High with true. Phoebe Cates right. coming out of the pool in a red bikini, uh, bathing suit. This song is amazing. In years, but... And it goes left to right in your headphones yes, while you're listening does. to it, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. So when when I was when this came out, I was in junior high, and like all my friends who are into typically into really hard rock kind of bands and stuff, they loved the Cars, and like the synth parts of the Cars never bothered them at all. I think there's there's enough cool guitar stuff going on. Oh, yeah. that they they were so into it. I mean, even this like just that that's a pretty. And this is all this amazing shit just happened in the song before yeah. even the main hook comes right. in. It gets stuck in your head forever, and you're so happy about it. It's 
almost it's like they build up to the crescendo of the song early. Mm-hmm. You get to enjoy it the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then there's that other part where it goes bum 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 bum. One of the things that I disliked about some of the car songs is they seem so formula. Like later, I later, that's later I think that's definitely true. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, and, and that's one of the things I, I, I like about this song. It's just like. Yeah. This is out of somebody's oh, yeah. heart, man. This is really lovely. This is pretty experimental, I would say. And the idea that you would put this on a, an album that you are really trying to break through with, it's very... I, I mean, clearly, he was still maintaining an artistic integrity, you know, and he wasn't completely, yeah. like, yeah, polishing up just to be, you know, hit the mainstream. there's something so restrained about this song despite the fact that it's like got such driving rhythm and such like amazing drama to it it's also very like it feels very upright and like yeah "Ah, ah, Yeah. it's like a little robotic but it's still like so badass well there's a there's a tension to it sort of like 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 the Led Zeppelin song Cashmere same kind Mm -hmm. of thing where it's just like this this very restrained kind of beat but it's something that's Pushing, it's yeah, holding, re- holding something back. Word. Yeah, yeah. It's like it yeah. wants to explode, but mm-hmm. yeah. but it doesn't yeah. ever quite. Well, there is that one point. Yeah, well, later does it briefly, like the boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. towards the end, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about now. I mean, it's right from the very beginning. Is okay six lyrics? They're so weird sometimes. They're very surreal. There are times when I think, wow, that sound has a really cool set of lyrics combined with that particular music at that part. But then there are other times where it really annoys me. It's like, oh yeah, he. If you l- read his lyrics, I mean, did you mm. guys on some of them? Go th- well, yeah. what's what's it about them that bothers you? They don't mean anything. Uh, some of them are completely impenetrable. Like like, or it's it's more like he was just throwing vocabulary out there that sounded good with the song. But what the hell does that mean? I don't know. Mm. But sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it really works. Like one of my one of my favorite sets of lyrics is from my best friend's girl getting back to that again mm-hmm. uh you're always dancing down the street mm-hmm. with your suede blue suede eyes blue eyes is really good which i love that and that's actually another carl perkins reference because he wrote that song so totally. uh, the uh, blue, blue, suede blue suede shoes, shoes yeah. and that's again that guitar part and everything there's a whole tie in there and then you've got your nuclear boots and your drip dry gloves but when you bite your lip it's some reaction to love mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool i have no idea what it really means what are, which nu- part? What are nuclear boots they're just badass boots what are drip dry gloves? Come on. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's not, I actually, li- those are the ones I like. Those are oh. the lyrics. That's an oh, I see. I like. Which ones don't you like? Uh, oh, I'm in touch with your world has some really yeah. ridiculous They're lyrics. pretty amazing. Um, I'm a psilocybin pony. You're a flick fandango phony. He uses the word fandango more than Does once he? in there. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, it's in, uh, it's in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually like that set of lyrics, but the rest of the song is like, what the hell? You gotta allow them in some artistic license, man. Oh sure, no, you're welcome <laughs> yeah, to. Man. But but when your songs don't mostly mean anything, it starts well, to get a little let, annoying. Let, uh, let's I, come back to the point that he kind of uses an affected voice, and maybe he just wants these different sounds. I mean, that's... well, I think that's what it is. I, I don't. It it just feels like he's just 
vomiting words on the page that yeah, happen to they, sound but, good. But and, yeah, the Nico Case does that too. Sometimes uh, it's just about inflection and rhyme and like his his rarely have an emotional connection at all. Um, That's what rarely. I, I don't rarely, know. Rarely. And they, but they bother to put the words. On, they put the lyrics sure. in every <laughs> one of their records, which I think was a thing that people would do more often, yeah. you know, in the vinyl era. Mm-hmm. When there was space to do it. Well, yeah, yeah that yeah. too. Yeah. CDs would do it too a lot it's in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, tiny, tiny, yeah, tiny, tiny, tiny type. font. Yeah, it's like six point font. Everyone can read this. It's fine. But, you know, to me, like good music lyrics, the best ones, I think, in a lot of ways are vague. There's a couple of things why that works. One is that you can assign your own meaning to it very easily. Because sure. it's vague, so you can make up your own story without even realizing you'll do that. And then it, for you, it seems meaningful, and it seems like it's a personal thing. Yeah. It's also more fun to sing along with, in some ways, if you're not singing a story or about specifics. And maybe you each line to. could be taken on its right. own as like kind of a, maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't bother me at all. It's not like yeah. you're committing to some particular meaning that everybody will... Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if you read like any of the, or listen to Guided by Voices, their lyrics sure. are straight nonsense. Yeah, no, I, I, just word salad. They certainly aren't the only band that does this. Yeah. I mean, that's as you know. Well, it, how often is it that even if there are lyrics that when you're singing along with a song, you don't know and you just sing along with it? You don't know. The, yeah. yeah. Well, there's that yeah. too. Well, and and that comes up a lot with the Cars, I think, because I'm sure there are words that you would never imagine that they would use. So it sounds like something else, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. I mean, I definitely agree that. It's good to have some degree of like, you know, vagueness, unless you're telling a very specific story in your song. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different kind of thing, you know. But I, I almost had the feeling like I, I don't even think he had anything in mind. And, and it doesn't bother me if I'm not thinking too hard about it mm-hmm. with car songs. Yeah. But when I really pay attention to the lyrics, when I was reading them, it was just it's like, oh, that's so frustrating. It's like, mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's totally not my experience. Just times, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I sing with the lyrics. I listen to the lyrics. I read the lyrics. And there's some, I, yeah, there's a couple lines every here and there that seem completely nonsensical. Yeah. But it's more like reading a poem where to me it feels like, there is exactly. a deliberate intention. Yeah. It feels like there's a theme and an intent and a and it's getting at something. And and it's like to me it's like reading Nico Case lyrics where you'll have like two or three lines that work together that tell a little mini story of a feeling or a moment. And then they and then she just kind of abandons it and goes on well, to something else because it fits into the structure of the song in a different way. Yeah. I think you're on to something there because mm-hmm. he does that a lot, I think, where mm-hmm. he's like a couplet or something, like a couple mm-hmm. lines that sound awesome together and mm-hmm. together, different mm-hmm. alone, they Tell mean a little something. thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then it but kind then of spirals in, away to in something In the else. context of the rest of the yeah. song, it's not like there's no overall overarching meaning to it. But yeah, I mean, taken like that, it's it's probably better to think of it that way, really. But there are some songs where he not only didn't mean anything, but the lyrics were just bad there were a few, not, not on this album, not on this album. I don't even think on Candio, but later, a couple later albums where mm-hmm. he was just like, eh, geez, I don't know. It's like, uh, I'll get to those later. Yeah, but, we'll, we'll. yeah but uh, having said that, I mean, I, I think there are times when the, lyri- the lyrics and the music together just work fantastically. Any uh, others on this album that we're talking about stand out for you? In general or lyrically? We, uh, uh, in general. How about you? What, what, are, what are some of your... Well, we, we hit Moving the Stereo. That was a, mm. that was yeah. a, I zeroed in on that baby. It was, mm-hmm. That's a great song. Oh, <laughs> that had a funny line that I, I made note of. Uh, Life's the same except for my shoes. Uh-huh. And what does that mean? I love it. That, one, it that one has always stood out for me. Yeah, me too. Right? Like that pops out of the song yeah. for some reason. Well, because it... I mean, maybe that's what's great about it. Right. Is that it yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Because I also think... Well, about, that my, one shows a sense of humor, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. My impression of Okasik is always that like there's like a joke 
This whole, yes, yeah, the, yeah. there's a sense that all of it is just mm. kind of, he's making fun of it as he's doing it. I really like also, uh, lyrically speaking yeah. of, uh, you're all I've got tonight because it, it's like this funny double situation where like, it sounds kind of romantic. You're all I've got tonight. I need you tonight. But it also is this like kind of pathetic, like you're all I've got tonight. Like it's <laughs> really, yeah. do you have anything else going on? Like then uh, you're kind of, I mean, you're into me, but you're a loser kind of like. It's a funny kind of love song in that way. And that, that's a great one, too. I, I, I love, I mean, musically speaking, mm-hmm. I love that. Because the, the blend of guitar and synthesizer on that mm-hmm. one, too, is really, really... Yeah, cool. I made a note here also that, that that song, it stuck out to me in that it was one of the few songs that I listened to of these guys that has a, a particularly long guitar riff in there. I mean, mm-hmm. they take off for a little while in that. He, he, uh, Elliot Easton is very concise with his playing most of the time. His solos are very tight and together and, and, and frequently rehearsed. I mean, he, he doesn't completely improvise them. Mm-hmm. Here, let's, uh, let's play a little bit of that one there. Yes, it's airplane sound. I love sound. The, the phasing uh-huh. sound. It sounds like an airplane flying overhead, yeah. right? That's a phase shift effect. There's just like yeah. thing that comes in. It's really cool. This is why I, I love his vocals on this one. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of fun to try and mimic that. And good backups in this one too. Yeah. That is such a synthy synth, mm-hmm. but it's it works so well against synthy the synth. yeah, you know, it's like it works so well against those like rocking guitars. We did that really well. What one thing I, I was reading, uh, I read this interview with David Robinson, mm. who was formerly the drummer for the Modern Lovers, Jonathan Richmond. Mm-hmm. Modern Lovers, and um, which is where Jerry Harris and the Talking Heads also came from. They were in the band, band together. This interview happened after Heartbeat City. He expressed some dissatisfaction with the amount of freedom he was given as a drummer on their stuff. Because Rick Okasik would often, I mean, his his demos were very fully formed a lot of the times. And uh, he had these pretty good drum machines and things he would use. And and so it was there wasn't a lot of room for... Robinson to uh, so he had a very specific really sound he was looking for yeah and he well apparently he's he's a very kind of straightforward drummer he considered that that's how he described according himself. according to their first review in the New York Times solid metronomic wooden faced percussionist like yeah. Ringo Starr <laughs> well he, yeah it's and very metronomic because it's just like mm-hmm. especially uh, some of the later albums it's like there's just this one beat that goes through the whole song. and But he said he felt kind of hemmed in a lot of times. And especially when they did Heartbeat City, apparently, mm. the producer, Mutt, Mutt Lang, mm. who also did ACDC, AC/DC yeah. he, he was really unwilling to work with David Robinson as far as like allowing him to like have some free reign. He like very specific ideas. He made him do this stuff. So he was pretty unhappy about that whole recording process. Uh, anyway, but his, his drumming throughout these is just such a, hmm. a great timekeeper. And there's not a lot of like crazy fills or anything like that. It's just like, like very, which works really well for her. I dig it a lot. A lot of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely, 
it fits the car sound, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't, you could never have Keith Moon drumming for the car, mm-hmm. you know, that would just be. Well, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I think that also you kind of need that simplification as a foil to all the synth stuff that happens. You know, you can't have everything right. be crazy and weird. Yeah. You need like some of it to be, which I think is also why it's good. The guitar is really restrained too. Because it's like the synth is the place yeah. for them to do the weird shit. The squiggly yeah. thing. Yeah. The squiggly bits. And their voice. The vocals, yeah, and the vocals, yeah. right? And then yeah. the guitar and the bass and the drums yeah. are all pretty, pretty sparse. Tight, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is my favorite style of music. It's mainly, mainly Rick Ocasek had this image, I think, of how he just... I think everything... All, all the, inst- all the uh, musicians contributed stuff in, as far as how things sounded, but it all had to fit into this kind of template that he had in his mm-hmm, mind. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounded like they got together love before they decided what songs to put on an album and collaborated, and everybody had a, an opportunity right. to partic- participate in the conversation. Yeah, apparently that was true, especially on the first yeah three albums, and maybe Ocasek seemed to take a stronger hand as things went on. Hmm. They recorded this record in twelve days. Is That's that right? Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Isn't actually. that great? <laughs> especially because it's a pretty produced album. I mm. mean. Those kinds of albums, usually you think of those as taking longer mm-hmm. to right. like get get right. But. The other thing I I, rem- I realize as we're talking too is that I can't think of one person I've talked to and mentioned this band that doesn't like it. Interesting mm-hmm. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Different degrees of it. I mean, I think sure. everybody has a few songs that they like. At right, least, you know, it seems like like, yeah, like every person I've brought yeah. them up to immediately is like, oh yeah, they're cool. Like yeah. just yeah. unreservedly. Yeah, maybe they have favorite songs or how right. much do they know of them, but right. yeah. huh. which is interesting because I don't they also don't have an impression to me like someone like Springsteen or someone like The Who or someone like The Beatles. It's like ubiquitously amazing. Yet they still have this this appeal. Yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. those guys. Those guys are great." And I think it might come back, you know, thinking about your point just then is their distinction, their uniqueness with their synthesizers. Mm. Not that many bands got regular radio play mm-hmm. with rock and roll that s- sounded anything like them so they mm. kind of stood stu- stood out mm-hmm. and they were just damn good so mm-hmm. it, it does, i guess it really shouldn't surprise us that everybody likes them but it is mm-hmm. kind of an interesting observation yeah. well they also didn't i don't know that how effective their touring was because they weren't great live self-admittedly hmm. but their thing that they really got popular with was their videos Yes. That was a huge part of becoming like a, you know, well-known. They won the best music video of Mm. the year at the very first MTV Video Music Awards show in 1984 for, um, uh, uh, magic or, uh, no, 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 from, um, you might think, yeah, from, you might think from Heartbeat City. Yeah. Well, they, their timing was perfect with. MTV, MTV. The, oh, the sure, rise yeah, of MTV, yeah, and they at were the right there time. And, yeah, but they also did shit that was really inventive of yeah, it at the yeah, time. Like yeah. you, you know, that video you might think is bizarro and goofy as <laughs> it's shit. Really goofy. Yeah, like Rick Ocasek's face on a fly. Oh, that's right. You know, oh, like it's yeah, this, it's this whole right. Yeah, like we yeah, all know this. Yeah. It's this whole thing about the girl where he's like obsessed with her and he shows up all the time. Like he shows up, she opens her lipstick and he comes out of the lipstick too. (laughs) She's in the bathroom. You know, she opens the medicine cabinet and the band is in there next to her deodorant, like playing their instruments. These were all these groundbreaking effects at the time. Well, yeah, because it was one of the first videos that used computer animation. Exactly. But it's the goofiest shit and they're silly looking, you know, and they make no attempt to like not be goofy looking. Right. So it's amazing that you're right. Yeah, they their timing was excellent, but they were also not doing anything 
to try to be, you know, like other people or be appealing. They were just being goofy and weird. Well, in preparation for this, I I was going to go back and watch a bunch of YouTube videos of the old MTV cars videos. I got through two or three of them and I couldn't look at them anymore. I couldn't stand it. Why not? (laughs) You know, it's that kind of cheesy 80s big hair look that oh yeah I, super I, I, cheesy just, yeah. Yeah, that's... just wore out on me fast <laughs> I, I think it's good that they didn't really have videos for the first two or three albums because uh, it might have had a negative yeah. effect i don't know i mean i definitely understand what you're saying too I mean, and, and to that point there there's that one album is heartbeat city perhaps that we were listening to or shake it up mm, man i there's a few songs on there i just i couldn't take anymore i'd heard them huh. too many times Oh, oh, too many times. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're just talking videos, right? Let's let's, let's save right. that for because uh, <laughs> I have a lot to say about that too. About what? About Heartbeat, Heartbeat City? City? Yeah. I know you didn't even want to listen to it for this. No, I didn't. I had but... to twist your no, arm. No, actually, yeah. why? It's yeah. like my favorite. It's okay. so good. There's so many good songs on it. Okay. Um, oh, so <laughs> damn! Did so you hear that gentle okay? I know what that okay means. I, I wanted to uh, that's talk the, about one that's more. That's the you think that if you want, but I'm gonna unload on you later about why you're wrong. So <laughs> that okay, Dave? That's fine. Oh well, I don't know if I meant all that, but oh, you did. so anyway, I heard that tone. I heard that tone. <laughs> so I was gonna talk about bye bye love on here too before we move yeah, on. Do to do it. That. that was good too. This may be. I, it's funny, like every song on here, as I'm listening to, it, I think maybe this is my favorite song on the record. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe this uh-huh. one is, you know. But I think "Bye Bye Love" might actually be my really favorite song. Uh, on the album. Really? Because it's got probably my favorite Cars lyrics of any Cars song. Uh, I'll just read the section that I particularly love, and then we'll listen to it a little bit. Uh, Substitution, mass confusion, clouds inside your head, involving all my energies until you visit Ted. We're fogging all my energies. Hmm? No. Is that what oh, I'm sorry. Are you disagreeing oh, with are the you liner the notes of the vinyl record? I'm sure you're right, Dave. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, the, if we could yeah. look at your face right I'm, now. You're, you're self-satisfied. I'm not rolling my eyes. Um, no, wait, wait. So, substitution, mass confusion, clouds inside my head, fogging, fogging oh, you all know my what? energies. I used to think that's what it was, and then I thought, then I thought I was corrected somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Okay. Do you want a pen? I still like it. <laughs> Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I've got a with red your pen, eyes of porcelain. On your with your eyes of porcelain and of blue, they shock me into sense. You think you're so illustrious, you call yourself intense. So anyway, oh, yeah, th- those you are like think you're so illustrious. You, call you just call yourself intense. Yeah. yeah. Th- 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 so I, like those are my favorite lyrics, and not not just because they're cool lyrics, but also they work so well in the, mm. this context of the song. So. Mm-hmm. Let's. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great song anyway. And those little chiming guitars amidst mm-hmm. the distorted, it's just it's so, so cool. And I have a note here that it has the best synth solo ever. I wrote that down anyway. I don't know if, <laughs> that's, I don't know if I'd always say that, but at that moment that I was listening to it, I was thinking, man, this is such a good synth solo. I don't usually like synth solos. But. I was kind of disappointed to hear the song is Bye Bye Love. I was saying My My Love. Aww. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. I always thought that was Orange Aid Sky. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought he was saying just a fucking lullaby when I first... <laughs> they don't swear in their songs. No, they don't. Yeah. 
Um, here comes the substitution mass confusion mm-hmm. thing. Oh, he says your head, and the liner says my head. Mm. <gasps> he does say involving. He does. That's crazy that it that it's Whoa. printed differently. I, I thought so. I mean, because yeah. I... I think I wrote that down as I was listening to it. And I said, oh, he's definitely saying, well, but it didn't really, I didn't think that much about it. But. I love that how you call yourself intense is clearly meant to be an insult. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Just to I think we're coming up to the solo. I'm going to let the solo play and then stop it. Very cool, and and then when, then he comes in so aggressively on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we're agreed. This record yes, is this record rocks. Awesome. This one, this one's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This it's is a so great album. good. Yeah. And and like you were saying, even the songs that I like least on here, yeah. are still pretty freaking awesome. They're songs. great. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. only because they are next to other mm-hmm. ones that are so immediately, easily like badass that. It takes, yeah, because I, when you brought up Bye Bye Love, I was like, man, that song, whatever. Same thing, though, but then we're listening to that bit of it, and I'm like, man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is a great fucking song. Yeah, yeah. And that happened over and over for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one of the things I liked about it is the way it ends right there, you know, a moving in stereo, we all just agreed mm-hmm. with it pretty much, and then it moves into all mixed up, mm-hmm. and that's such a great, just mellow, mm-hmm. easy now song. It was a great choice. Yeah, it's a good one, and it's, I like to think about the... A, B sides of it too. The side mm-hmm. A like starts out with those three hmm. like real heavy mm-hmm. hitters. Good times were all my best friend's girl, just what I needed. And then it gets a little quieter at the end. And then I love how moving in stereo is like the third song on the second side. Because I feel like the B side was a lot of ways where bands would put like, to me it's usually my favorite song of the record. Mm-hmm. And it's usually buried. Yeah, It's either two or three. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So then Candio came out the next yeah. year. Yeah. Like barely even a year later. Wow. Yeah. That's fast. Yeah. Actually, yeah, the first four albums were year, year, you know, 78, 79, That's like 80, Beatles 81. style shit right yeah. there. You yeah. know, they're treating it like they're a job. Yeah. They're cranking it out. I think Candio is very close to the quality of mm-hmm. the first album. Yeah. Definitely has a different sound to it, mm-hmm. but but I think it's pretty consistent throughout. And, and Let's Go, I think I remember, I remember that coming out as the first single before the album came out. And that was just all over the airwaves. And that actually went to number 14, their first top 20 hit. Oh, that's the most fun song to sing ever. I can remember a friend of mine at some point, we were talking about the Cars, her being like, well, you like the nightlife, you like the Cars, you know? <laughs> the nightlife, the, the, the my, my favorite lyrics, uh, I think, on the album are from that. Uh, she's got wonderful eyes and a risque mouth. Mm-hmm. And when I asked her before, she said she's holding out. Mm. She's a frozen fire. She's my one desire. Mm-hmm. The risque mm-hmm. mouth that always—that's that, mm-hmm. another one of those things that just sort of jumps out at you from the song. I think, but yeah, my favorite is "Lust for Kicks." But what, what are the lyrics on that? Um, that's one of the ones. Or I is really it? Or is it "Double Life"? Oh yeah, 
No, Double Life. Maybe that's the one. I love Lust yeah. for Kicks, too, because it's got that me, 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 oh. me, 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 me. There's, there's some good bass in there, also. Me, 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 me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Double Life. That's the one I love. Can we listen to that, too? Sure. Yeah. Since he controls the music. I control the We have to be nice to him, or he won't play our favorite right. songs. Only his anything. favorites. Because Double Life, I also love the end. Yeah. has a good atmosphere mm-hmm. this album to me was different enough from the original one or the first one that I, I didn't like this album that much there's one or two songs on here that I I like Let's Go of course mm-hmm. but the rest of them really didn't do a whole lot for me hmm. interesting interesting and, and wrong well, <laughs> they, came, they came out so in that one one of the ways I characterized was frenetic, take your back you know? seat rumble, take your front seat wife. What? So good. Just they come out so fast and 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 complicated, like right off the bat, you know. And it, so the intensity of it was so strong right before, and there's no intro to a few of their songs that kind of turned me off from them. Really? I like that actually. Yeah. I, I kind of like the way they just launch into some of these songs. And Candio oh. being a, a good example. Oh, can't well. I, the, I think I've talked to Sarah about this before. I'm gonna pause this. Sarah, you gonna be okay with that? No, but we got, didn't get to the awesome, oh. like the awesome chorus in there. Go ahead, read oh, it. It's all gonna happen to you. Uh-huh. I think I've talked to you about this before, Sarah. But the segue between Shubidoo and Candio mm-hmm. is one of the best in all of rock history. It is one of my favorite. Moments in any recorded. Well, I also oh, like really? the end of Double yeah. Life in a Shibi Do. That's a really good yeah. one too. Like the three, these three Actually, songs right. run uh, into each other in a great way. Yeah. So I, this is a record that I um, dubbed digi- into a digital format. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about how you did with a bunch of yours, and my um, whatever the program that I used couldn't split the songs up. Yeah. Right, because they run yeah. into each yeah. other. Yeah. So it's like this weird when I try to name them. There's just this like oh, combo, this and I would want to like listen to one of the songs, yeah. and I couldn't forward to it because they're all just yeah. one chunk. Well, I, it, I found listening to these these digitally, it sometimes ruined that segue for me because there is sometimes more of a pause there mm-hmm. than there's supposed mm-hmm. to be on Instead the record. Of it just running. Um, I'm going to play it right now and see if we can get it right here. But mm-hmm. I'm going to skip to the end of Shooby Doo's, which is a weird song. Yeah, you can skip to the end at any time. You don't like this song? I don't care for it. Either. There's not a lot to like about the song. It's more just like a yeah, like a throwaway. It's a racket. I think it's almost there more to be a, a good. It's almost like there. A, yeah, it's just a little more to weird. be a good intro yeah. to the next song because that 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 segue is everything about this. <laughs> oh, I never realized that that weird noise they're making is the name of the song Shooby Doo. Oh. Yeah, that makes me like it more. Does that change okay. your mind at all, Eric? I'll think about it. All right. Okay, here it goes. <laughs> Everybody quick. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's great. I just love that. That is like, <laughs> seriously, that is like one of the greatest moments yeah. in rock music. <laughs> it is. That, that, that transitions, that band launches right in there. And if you just listen to Candio by itself, that's fine and all, but without that intro, mm-hmm. it, do, it just doesn't have this much power, I think. Yeah. My recording of it skipped on the line Ruby Rings it went Ruby Rip oh. and so every time I listen to it other than my 
recording that I listened to forever, I'm like, oh, it's so nice to hear that whole line. <laughs> So uh, Robert Criscow had a good description of this album that I uh, I jotted down. Who's Robert Criscow? One of my favorite music critics. Is he really well known? Yeah, Mm. yeah. He's um, forget who he wrote for, but his I have several volumes of his Mm. critiques and stuff. But his description of of this album was cold and thin, shiny and hypnotic. It's what they do best: rock and roll that is definitely pop without a hint of cuteness. Ooh. And like I think that. It, really, it really gets to the heart of that it, I think. Is, yeah. That's sharp. Yeah. And that's, it's so true. Like they aren't, they're never cute. They, they're never cutesy about there. Really? Well, they got cute later. Actually, I get back. Heartbeat you City meant definitely that as a, You meant that as a, yeah. oh, we're going to have fight it by yeah. Heartbeat City, yeah, aren't maybe. we? You are super like not into it. We'll get to that later. So <laughs> anyway, the, this should be do itself definitely made me think of like German synth music, you know, mm. like. Craftwork or can or something like that. But I also think Night Spots uh, hinted at the the direction they were going in with uh, and on Panorama because they they did a lot more robotic sounds on that album. Mm-hmm. And let me play a little bit of it. <laughs> but it rocks. I can't do that keyboard sound. Just, I just don't think that. Yeah. See, I, I, a lot of times I'm with you on that, but the, the way they blend it with the guitar, I think it, it works. I'm kind of with you on this, Eric. I, the, the songs I feel like we're playing from this are not their best representations of this record. Hmm. Well, what would you... What would you consider? Well, I think Lust for Cakes is so much fun to listen to. Yeah. And the one right before that I, I like also. You can't hold on too long? Yeah, yeah me too. I love that. I do yeah. like that. There's definitely a sense of humor to this song. Yeah, this song is funny. It's kind of whimsical. I always thought it was robot purse. Isn't it? She, is it? Roebuck. Like Roebuck the, purse. The that's fabric right. That's right. It's like the... leather, yeah. Yeah. It's not like Sears and Roebuck. Yeah. No, I think it's <laughs> Roebuck leather. It's a type of leather. <laughs> like a misplaced fix. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the subject of it. I picture this couple that's really cute together, that's very stylish mm-hmm. and very conscientious about how they're dressed and how they appear together in a really cute way that like I picture them getting dressed up to go out for like a night on a weekend. And it's very like her being like, I think I'm going to wear this bag and him being like, oh, maybe the other bag. And I'm being like, you're right, that bag. And then them both being like, that's the bag. And it's really, I like, the, I love the idea of that kind of couple. Sure, yeah. I never got to be kind of that kind of couple until that's recently. Funny. And I love being part of that kind of couple where both of us care about what we're wearing and what the other person is wearing. Yeah. It's, it feels real good. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Well, it, it, the couple in this song, 
uh, also clearly aren't like in it for any deep reasons. They're, no, it's lust for kicks, really. It's, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. So it's lighthearted. Like it's, it's like they, they're so just they're, having a good time. They right? seem like teenagers. Yeah. You know, they yeah. seem like they're exactly, young. Like right. they're just kind of both insecure a little bit and concerned with the way they look and how they're presenting and themselves. And they may not even have that much scene. in common, you know? Yeah, they're and just, it, maybe it doesn't work out, but they're just posing together. But that's a kind of a fun thing, too. Yeah. And uh, Eric, you said the, the one before that was... A, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't hold on to it. I try, that one doesn't... That doesn't do much for me, I think. I, I don't remember what I liked about it, but... I, it, it starts a little... But it gets in when it gets to the chorus. The chorus gets really good. Yeah. Because this part's a little like mm, they have, they have, a little that happens song. a lot with some of the songs where it's yeah. like it, nothing's wrong with the verse right. particularly, but it's just not that interesting. And this part gets a little, a little like staccato and weird. Yeah, I love how he says like Gatto Blaster. <laughs> so this is Benor, for example. This is mm. he's got that uh. very kind of. He's got, he's got this more of a, he does this like little Elvisy thing with his huh. voice sometimes you're just a little macho-ness right, to I'll it listen to that. so so far we're like eh okay but then yeah. it's about to get badass yeah, yeah badass cool little guitar echo that's the cool part that is the cool part yeah. Uh, yeah, one, one of my great. favorite uh, ones and this is the one after Lust for Kicks got a lot on my head. That's yeah. not bad, yeah. I, I Which, did um, too, yeah. But I, I had the the lyrics wrong for this one. I, I and I for a long time I thought it was I got a lot on my head. I, I don't it must know, have been you. It must have been you. Yeah. That's what I thought it was, but it's not. Oh, it's not. It's most of it is most you. Oh, even better. And then I got a lot on my head. Can't forget about you. Right. But I always thought it was like got a lot on my head to forget about you. Like I thought he was like somehow he was forget. He was like. He's just too busy to be thinking about her, mm. but that's not. It's the opposite. It's <laughs> he's he's thinking about her too much. Mm. And, this one. Well, that's a good example of one of those songs that just starts out. And you don't like, like that? Ah. Did that bother you? Really? It's like just launching into the. Yeah, you know, it might have been the context team. I was listening. You want to a little more easy like ease into it? You know, <laughs> this is how I roll, man. I, I actually have a thing. I, I love songs that do it well. You know that 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 just the bust right in. Bust right into it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always work. You yeah, do like that. I do. You mention that a lot. Yeah. I always thought you were right. I thought of it. It must have been you. Yeah. <laughs> this, is another, this is another good one where the lyrics just kind of chug along with the song. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. So he doesn't say ghetto blasters cracking, which is what I thought he was uh, saying. He's saying the gallo glass is cracking. Whoa. So like a glass mean. of wine. Yeah, I don't even know what that means because the Gallo Blast was like a class of mercenaries. So in that's Maryland. why Gatto Blaster would have sounded a little mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes more sense, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, that's I think Ben or has a tendency to just warp words a lot. Like so, there's a lot of for, I think for him even more than Okasik. I think there's mis- misheard no, misheard lyrics. 
I'm trying to not use Rick because apparently it's not okay to do. I really like when singers do that, though, when they warp words. Yeah, like, Spoon does that a lot. Brett Daniels yeah. in Spoon. Mm-hmm. Elvis Costello does it a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and know, it's, it's, it's like, so fascinating. It, it can be fun. The I choice. Mean, yeah. like to You're like, I think it's that word. Oh, gosh, it's not that word at all. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or you know what word it is, but you can tell that they're like warping <laughs> it into some weird version of itself. Yeah. It's better than like being clear and then having a weird sibilant S or like a thing that happens that takes you out of the moment. I also want to make one comment about Dangerous Type, mm-hmm. which I generally like the song, but mm-hmm. listening to it, I realized that the entire second half of the song is just him saying, she's a lot like you, the Dangerous Type, again and again and again. And I oh, knew really? he said it a lot toward the end, but it's actually more time saying it like that, just repeating that, than the whole first part where he's wow. actually singing a couple of mm-hmm. verses. Interesting. It's two hour, two minutes and 20 seconds worth of him saying that. and then But the rest of the lyrics don't really explain what's so dangerous. That's it. Like there's nothing You're da- concerned. What's the danger? There's nothing it's dangerous. Not for me. There's nothing dangerous about I the lyrics. I need to prepare myself. <laughs> I need to know how to avoid this anyway. danger. So Panorama was next a year later, 1980. And I remember this, this was, I think it was the first album that came out when I was already a big Cars fan. Like, I think I really got into them, mm. especially when Candio had already just been released. You know, I was hearing them a lot on the radio and liked them, but mm-hmm. I started really getting into them more in Candio. And I bought it through uh, Columbia House Record Club. <laughs> like it was one of their featured mm. featured mm-hmm. things, you know. And I just remember getting it and listening to it and just think, wow, this is weird. You know, it sounded so experimental, which it was. It was their probably their most experimental album. Now it doesn't maybe sound as experimental, but it, it definitely... It's more synthy, more it's more mechanized definitely than some of the, the the previous two. I mean, it makes Candio sound much less mechanized than it might have compared to the first album. And Sarah, like you, I think you said early on that uh, you hadn't listened to Panorama that much, and nor mm-hmm. had I. So, mm-hmm. so f- this exercise is the first time I've ever really given it mm-hmm. some listens, and uh, I don't like it as much as I like the first album, but I like this one. Uh, this is oh, my yeah? second favorite album. That's interesting. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I w- don't know if I would have guessed that that would be the case but. and then there's like three songs on there that I like quite a lot Panorama the uh, mm-hmm. name song I really like that, that song. Is a cool it, song it took me a while to get, get into yeah. it but I really like it. it it occurred to me I was listening to it yesterday in fact just took me a little while but it suddenly I realized that sounds a lot like a Devo song mm-hmm. and hmm. so much which I think Rick Okazic has said was one of his influences probably yeah, yeah. They, they, they came out just a year well they were sim- kind of simultaneous with the first Cars album but I think he might must have been listening to them a lot, and mm-hmm. it must have influenced this later, these later songs. Should we listen to uh, yeah. Panorama? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this part, so Devo like this is mm-hmm. exactly oh, like a Devo song. Oh, and one thing I noticed on this. Again, it, it had never occurred to me in all my years of knowing this album, but if you listen to several of these songs, this drum beat, the drum beat does not shift ever. Hmm. Throughout verse, chorus, it stays the same. On this song, and it happens on uh, Up and Down and hmm. a couple other songs. Just, I mean, it might as well just be a drum machine, because hmm. for all I know it is, <laughs> programmed by David Robinson. But, um, he did say he worked with the drum machines, too. So, uh, but just doesn't change. That's well, kind of comforting because so much of their other other parts of their music is so diverse and different. It rains that, it all in. That, yeah. That maybe it's like nice to have a something steady that is consistent. Yeah. Uh, it's like a spine running right, through the song, right. you know. It's just like 
Yeah, again, like you have all that weird synthy stuff. You need something to just hold everything together and keep it simplistic. Which I think, you know, if if, if it's true that Rico Kasich was in a Buddy Holly, like you can see where that influence came from, mm. right? Where it's like stripped down and very yeah. straightforward. Right, right. Not a very lot. concise. Yeah. yeah. Of, Which, you know, it's minimalism and that's hard to pull off. It sounds like it's easy because it's so simple, but it has to be so perfect. To make it interesting. Right. To, and, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. They are so tight. All yeah. of their stuff yeah. is mm-hmm. so tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. such a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have any, like, jams, you know? <laughs> There's not, like, yeah. they're spacey yeah. stuff, but it's not, like, not wandering off. Yeah, some... which is one of the reasons why I like them so much. Yeah. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Or patience. <laughs> Grateful come, Dead. And no, coming right you. after that song is Touch and Go, which is a... Yeah, that, I really like tune. that song. Yeah. That was the big single off mm-hmm. this album, which is mm-hmm. so weird, because it's such an odd song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got this bizarre mm-hmm. beat in the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. But this is, like... Insanely iconic, this sound. Yeah. I didn't even know this was a car song. But you knew this. Oh, you were yeah. I, I knew this, yeah. yeah. And there's this country look that comes up. Locks into this very straightforward chorus. It's a gallop, yeah. It is a gallop. Well, and the thing is, he was. I think he's really good at meshing two completely different sections of a song to make it sound smooth and like it belongs together. Yeah. And and part maybe that drum beat that keeps it the same throughout. Good point. Because this is so different than the other part, but it somehow works. And back into that again. Yeah. So great. Yeah, nice transition back, Mm -hmm. too. And the fourth song on there, I I hope you don't mind me just kind of... No, that's fine. Don't tell me no. (laughs) Don't tell me no, yeah. Well, can we we just do Give Me Some Slack since that's the next song? Because that's that's one of my favorite songs. Is it? Yeah, Yeah. This is definitely one of the more guitar-oriented songs on this album because it has since of course it has a doot, doot, doot. I want to dance like LaGuardia. What does that mean? That's what he's saying. Exactly. It's just I, I like that one. That was one of the examples of one of those that I, I do appreciate it a lot. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to "Don't Tell Me No." What you? It's very similar to the, some of those other songs on on the Cars album that we yeah. talked about a while ago. The way they just have this steady, sort of flowing beat mm-hmm. and and, uh, and rhythm to them. This moves right, yeah. That's, that cracks me up right <laughs> so there. So silly. So that's like Ben again. Ben, ben Orr singing that. Ben? That, yeah. Ah. 
Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah. Have some fun. Cause like he does this thing where he's just like very like macho is the word that comes to mind, but I'm not sure that's quite. Just kind of puts on a voice that. His voice is more steady. Like Rico Kasich's always sounds like it's about to crack. You know, like uh-huh. a teenager singing, and his voice is about to break. But Ben Orr has the more like. Just, there's no no trace of that. Okay, six scenes on this one also is. is uh, no, I don't think so. It's just being in the background there, but perhaps all right. there aren't too many. There are a couple of songs where they like mm-hmm. switch verses, but mm-hmm. m- most of the time it's one or the other. Sarah, how familiar are you with this album? I'm not, not actually. I've listened to it a few times, but not as much as the other ones. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up listening to Heartbeat City. That was like my, that was my jam. It was your jam. Mm -hmm. And since then, I definitely listened to Candio and their first record. Like when I have a car full of people, I know that like Candio or the cars, everyone is going to be psyched. Please, crowd pleaser. But it is also, it also (laughs) always feels like cool music to pick out because people are usually like, oh yeah. This is a thing. Like, it's not a thing I necessarily reach for, but it's like, it's a crowd pleaser. And I'll tell you, they sound great in the rain. So it's good for Seattle. There's All something, right. something about the rain and the cars driving around is Duly noted. real good. <laughs> it works really well. Yeah. The, this first three, not the first three songs, but you know, three of the first four songs captured me, but uh, it kind of fell off after that for me. Mm-hmm. The rest of the songs. It, yeah. Really I think, I think they kind of packed a lot of the quality in the first first side of the mm-hmm. album mm. there's no there's no surprising sleepers on the second there side. was well oh i was gonna say there was on the first side getting through i mm-hmm. didn't remember ever thinking much about that mm. but when i was listening to it for this mm-hmm. uh it stood out as being a much better song than i remembered it being mm. now this is okay six singing but he's kind of doing the same thing ben Orr does like, a little bit of a country influence mm-hmm, a little bit putting on that little His sing is actually a little more raw on this than it normally is. It's like a little unpolished. They didn't they didn't like do too much to it sonically. Just a little reverb. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate this a lot more than I I think I previously had. Or, I like that little guitar there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they really need that little synth in there. They go, ding, 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 ding. I don't know how much that really I really love it. To it I don't know. Yeah. I, it's so weird. Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I just. Keeps the urgency up. Yeah. This is a very urgent That's song. That's true, it is. It's, it's got a really driving area. rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one other song I wanted to point out. You Wear Those Eyes. It sort of stands out as a very different kind of song on this album. More atmosphere. And I think it's heavily influenced by another song I know that I was going to play a bit of in a minute. Sort of a spoken... Kind of like a film noir mm. uh, mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Sort of. It definitely feels like you're walking down an alleyway right yeah. now. Yeah. Missing link. 
you paint your mouth. Cool sounds in here. Mm-hmm. You let me know. There's another one where the drumbeat never changes, it just stays this way. I feel like I know what song you're talking about. You might. But I can't think of it while this one's in my mm-hmm. head. <laughs> it's funny, the, the title. play it and I'm yes. going to be like, I knew it. It, it. The title of it actually kind of ties into something you were just saying a minute ago. Okay, so the the song that I think it sounded like, it reminded me mm. immediately, is uh, by a group called Flash and the Pan. No, that's not the one I was and thinking And the song's of. called Walking in the Rain. Okay. Oh, yeah. Did this come out before or after? Yeah, before. This mm. was a couple years before. It was like 78. So when he was listening to Devo, he might have also been listening to this. This is cool. I like this. So far. Walking down the street. How about now? Chicken cans. I like the way the voice is recorded. Looking at the billboard. Hmm. Oh, so rand. Summing up the people. Something like jazzy about it, which, which I dig a lot. Checking out the race. Doing what I'm doing. Feeling out of place. Kind of cool song, and uh, the vocalization sounds a lot like someone else too, who I can't place at the moment. There's an interesting thing about this song. It's uh, uh, "Flash in the Pan" was actually a, a, a pseudo group, sort of, by producers Vanda and Young, who actually had their own band earlier on. It was George Young. They were in the Easy Beats in the '60s and had a hit. And George Young is the brother of Angus Young mm-hmm. and Malcolm Young mm. of ACDC. Of the shorts-wearing Youngs. Yes, of the shorts-wearing Youngs. <laughs> and uh, so it's just as weird, because that is nothing at all like ACDC, of course. But mm-hmm. they these guys produced the first two ACDC. I'm not sure it was the first two, but two mm-hmm. of the early ACDC albums. Does, yeah. does their stuff sound a lot like that throughout the this flash? Um, that's kind of cool. Similar, know, yeah. Right, I dug it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I, I think there's a bit of variety, but it's all in that general some mm-hmm. silly, feel. silly style of vocalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. That was cool. I think my favorite song on Panorama is "Up and Down," the very last mm-hmm. song. Awesome. I actually I used remember this. like in the chorus of it. That is, I I used this one. I, I did a Rico Kasich in memoriam post on my on the blog mm. and uh, use this one because I think I like his vocals on this especially Ooh, it's no more so good. yeah this was actually where I first noticed that the drum beat does not change the whole song is just like he's got that kind of a whiny sound sometimes to his voice must, but it worked I mean it's just mm-hmm. like it's a cool yeah. Of going to this kind of like a circus 
carnival kind of chorus. Although this this to me sounds like it. Sometimes choruses and verses in car songs are interchangeable mm-hmm. in a way. Not, yeah. I mean, they don't sound the same, but they could be. Right, one you or can't the other. tell which is which. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. kind of they don't seem too beholden to traditional song right. structure, just yeah. to their credit. Exactly. I think he just wants it all to be catchy in some mm-hmm. way or another. But yeah, it's a good. voice in here is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, it really kind of captures a lot of what's distinct about his singing mm-hmm. style, you know. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to listen to it again. Yeah. yeah. It's a great album. I mean, yeah. it really, it really, I remember liking it, but I, I never really put it on a level with the other two, but mm-hmm. I think it's pretty close. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's definitely close to Candio anyway. And hmm. that first one, I think will always be the, Somewhat higher level for me. Yeah, than yeah I, peak. I've had the, the vinyl of it forever, and I've never listened to it. Um, we were talking about this earlier, about mm-hmm. me not listening to the yeah. records that I own. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a collector, so I just collect, yes. right? Oh, you, know, yeah. you understand this, I understand Dave. That. I know you understand that. I understand. That. Yeah. I understand. Um, and, I, and I would say that for me, one of the reasons I never tried it was because the front cover of it is not super appealing, <laughs> which yeah. Is, a, yeah. is a piece of artwork done by the drummer of a checkered flag. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it up close and consider that it was like drawn by some or painted by someone, it's pretty amazing because the shadows mm-hmm. on it are really it's very good. Very photorealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the colors of it, it's right in my sweet spot of black and white and dark mm-hmm. blue. That's kind of my wardrobe, but I don't know. I, to me, like as, as a rock and roll record, it does not very right. appealing. Like it just has this it looks black like and white it, checkerboard. It looks dry. It looks kind yeah. of, there were a lot of, Bad eighties right. bands that had very similar. That's kind of, of yeah. Like yeah. I look at it, I'm like, oh, that doesn't yeah. look like it would be very good. You know, like the first record, <laughs> right. the woman with the like like um Lucite steering wheel, yeah. that looks like fun. The one with the cocktail shaker, shake it up, that looks like a fun record. Yeah. You know, even Heartbeat City, which apparently we're about to find out why you hate it so much. <laughs> that looks like a fun record to listen to. Panorama, like the typography on this, the mm. color on it, the image on the front of it. Like I'm so sorry, Dave Robinson, to say this, but mm. As a designer, you might not be hitting the mark here because yeah. it doesn't, you know. But it is a very nice painting. It's very realistic. Yeah. yeah. The back is pretty interesting. It's yeah. got these. That was admiring. Everybody has a good <laughs> That's so yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's got this, cool. Uh, yeah, it's so 80s. The silhouette. Cool thing. photos of like the band members with like yeah. weird shadows and stuff, yeah. which is cool. But yeah. it'd be cool to put that on like a record player and have it spin. Watch it spin. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think having the uh, that angle on the the checkered flag is maybe mm. better than just like. Showing somebody waving it or something, but I don't know. well, I mean, so it depends. I mean, a, if it's a woman's hand with like really that's, red nails, that's true. Actually. You know, oh, and it's like if good. if you just had a woman's hand with red nails in this, yeah. boom, twenty times more appealing because yeah. you have a human element in it. Right. You have a little more color, and it ties into their previous mm-hmm. album covers. Yeah, I think that, that would, too, yeah. and you know, I could yeah. see it in that soft focus style, like shake it up. Like you could do that, and that would be sure. a lot more appealing. This is very, yeah. it's a little flat and boring kind of looking. I have to agree with you. I had a curiosity. Mm. Uh, so originally, you know, there, there's the five albums we're, we're doing now. But originally, we just talked about four albums, uh-huh. skipping "Shake It Up," right? Which is right in the midst of those 
five albums. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm kind of curious. Why did I? How did you, you go with those particular albums? I was suggesting skipping "Shake It Up" because it, it kind of had a reputation of being a bad album. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, a, a is low, that like a low point? Is that kind of like a like a general, general consensus? Consensus, kind of. It's just yeah, not a great record. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty oh, of people who love the record, and sure, sure. And uh, to be honest, I. Upon listening to it, it's mm. not that bad. Mm. It was better than I remembered it mm. overall. What's a good song There's from it? There's some definite weak points, but mm. what's a good song from it? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I've listened to yeah. it. I, I did pay $2 for it, so it can't be that good. <laughs> well, there's a Shake It Up. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that song. That's It's very typical Cars, just a fast rock and little ditty. Not a particularly special song, I think, but it's it's a good version of the Cars, you know? Mm-hmm. Since You're Gone kind of stands out for me. Yeah, actually, Since You're Gone is definitely, uh, let's, let's play that one. That was the first song on the album. Mm-hmm. I like this intro. It's kind of... Almost clappy. It is clappy, but it's not claps. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. This was a pretty big hit. This, uh, besides Shake It Up, I think this is the other big one. His voice in here is really cool. Uh, the vocals. Yeah. It sounds like a song to play over the credits of an '80s movie. <laughs> Beginning or end. <laughs> As I was taking notes about this album, I realized that uh, I'm Not the One may be my favorite ballad by them. Hmm. Although Drive, I do like Drive a lot. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. It's a great song. I have so many um, feelings about Drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But mm-hmm. uh, but I'm Not the One is definitely a great ballad. It's probably their, if it's not their best, it's their second best. Yeah. Definitely ballad. Yeah. It doesn't start out great. This, this, this part is a little... Casio, it sounds like a rap cheesy. song in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it gets much better. Um, his, his, singing, his singing in this is really good. I think it's Rick. I feel like Warren G's about to break in. <laughs> That's really uncharacteristic of them. Mm-hmm. His guitar. I'm not the one that you'll be shooting for. Like, for, for Okasic, this is very emotional singing. Like, this is more so than... More so than uh, we're used to from him. And I like this that background vocal too. Like Okasic doesn't like become a balladeer very frequently, and like this is he's in that mode here. He's kind of like little loungy sort of for him you know like it's, it's not that detached not as detached 
I don't know, I have a hard time with this, and I don't listen to the Cars to hear this type of ballad. I listen mm-hmm. to the Cars because I like the Cars. Oh, I don't either. Like the punchy, like, but it, yeah. rocky kind of vibes. I don't, that's definitely not why I listen to them either, but I mean, I, I, I like the song. Yeah. It's, it's pleasing, it's, it's pleasant. It's, and they don't do ballads very much, so I mean, to say that it's their best or second best is really not saying that much, because it's uh, like, so yeah, there are only five of them or so. There are a couple of good, uh, like, Cruiser is, is pretty good. Pretty good electronic rocker, as I referred to it here. I think the vocals are a bit melodramatic, even for Ben Orr. But it, and it's one of those songs that, to me, it's something that jumped out about it and occasional other songs that they do. It's like, since he's singing Ocasek's lyrics, he doesn't necessarily have like a, an emotional connection to them. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes, frequently, he it's, it's fine. But there's times where I feel like there's some sort of disconnect where it's just like he's just singing them and he doesn't really feel them or whatever he's not hmm. like he's just like well maybe he had the same opinion up. as you earlier they're nonsensical what the hell yeah, what does this mean rick <laughs> and he could call him rick of course he wouldn't call him okay <laughs> so. you don't know maybe they had a band structure where he had to call hey, him Ocasek, mr okay mr okay <laughs> excuse me mr okay i mean there are we- oh, they mr. are wearing Ocasek. ties in a lot of their band photos that's true <laughs> he's a taskmaster mm-hmm. here i'll play a little bit of cruiser I think one of the things about this album is that even though there's some good songs, there n- none of them stand out as mm-hmm. being like great car songs. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like they're perfectly passable and enjoyable in some ways, mm-hmm. but but I think that's maybe why this has that reputation, just not being very special. Now, similarly, that think it think it over kind of stood up for me in that same mm-hmm. category. Yeah. There's a little bit of Talking Heads comparison too, mm. in the vocalization. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because David Byrne kind of did have a an affected voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. David Byrne really inhabits them really so well. Like mm. just like, yeah. like which I don't always get from. Yeah. From this. Um, like I think what it was about the song is like I was reading the lyrics as I was listening to it. it it's it's one of those songs where I, I feel like Ocasek was just sort of just reeling off a bunch of lines that didn't mean a whole lot together mm-hmm. just sounded good and, and it's a good sounding song but the lyrics just don't don't do a whole lot and like i said i don't think i don't think ben Orr was connecting with them very well either mm-hmm. so there are a couple of like truly lame songs on here. I don't have to play them, but but it's like the first yeah, time. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't. Maybe yeah. it's better if you don't. I, I won't. But well, no, I'm really curious. I think it's the first. It's the first album that actually had any because I don't think I think everything on the first three. You know, maybe you don't love everything equally, but mm-hmm. there, there's something interesting going on in most of the songs. You know? like, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't accuse any of them of being lame. You know, but but, but there are a couple here. They're just like so generic. Could be anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's any '80s lame '80s band, uh, <laughs> like uh, this could be love. Mm-hmm. That was Maybe pretty lame. the title alone. Yeah. Well, it's pretty weak. This could be love. This could be a song. It could uh, be on my record. Think think it over. I thought it was pretty pretty lame. Did you say you liked I, Think I, It Over? Was that one? There, there was something liked? that stands out about it. It sticks out of my memory for some reason. Well, what? this oh, this could be Love was written by Rick Ocasek and Greg Hawks. Oh, I think yeah, I think it's the it's only the one. The only one on that was a 
the record. Had a co-write. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their whole, I think maybe their whole catalog. But think it over, I, I, I noted that uh, the vocal, he was, uh, it must be Ben Orr, but it sounded somewhere between Iggy Pop and Elvis Presley. I have to play a little bit now just to refresh my memory here, too. <laughs> the production on this record doesn't sound as good as the other ones. It's a little muffled, uh, it's a muddled. Little tinny. Tinny, it's a little maybe. like shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, with the style of their music, with it being so electronic, is, is terrible. Like, mm. basically hamstrings it. Yeah. Kind of like hamming it up or something. Sounds like it belongs in the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. Not, mm. not not really much. Yeah. Going on there, and and then the last song, maybe baby. I just the, the drums were like way over the. They're the same thing where the drums go out through the whole song. But that they, that goes on the whole song. Well, there's a little bit of the previous song fading out there, but this. This goes throughout the whole song. Like, just first chorus, first, and it's just a... It's like, you can't... This is just a hard energy to, like, appreciate throughout an entire song. Hmm. Stories. <laughs> and it... It, it made me think that, combined with what I read... David Robinson saying about the drumming, I, I think maybe Okasik sort of under pre, undervalues drumming. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a point to it too, as we sort of said, you know, mm-hmm. it kind of helps anchor songs and everything, but, but he seems like he doesn't really care that much about what the drums sound like, you mm-hmm. know, like he doesn't, doesn't realize that that's like maybe overkill for the whole song or <laughs> other songs where it's just like this one, boom, 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 just, you know, there could be more interesting stuff going on, even if it doesn't go crazy, you know? Well, you know, perhaps it's a bandwidth thing. You know, he has the energy for the the keyboard and the vocals and the guitar, but you know, just doesn't have the bandwidth. Well, and that should be the drummer's role, or a lot of times. And but maybe, but the way he kind of controls the stuff too, he maybe just wasn't also allowing for that to be a factor. But or maybe he like did it deliberately. Sure, it's like a a thing where he was like, "This is you know, this is the thing I want to try. I think it works for whatever artistic reason." Who knows? I mean, I, it definitely it's wild conjecture. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel like the first album does not feel that way at all. Maybe probably the second either. I don't even think about drums. There, being... there weren't songs in there that just had it picked a beat. And stuff not as much. I, I mean, if they did, I hmm. didn't. I didn't notice. Anyway, so it's a it's a pretty mediocre album. Mm-hmm. A little better than I remembered it being. Like mm-hmm. there was a few more enjoyable points than I thought I would experience. But so that brings us to the their biggest album. Not best, oh. but they're biggest. Is that why you don't like it? Because it's too popular? No, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was, uh, took them from being, star- they were already stars at this point to some extent, but this like put them over the top. This was like number one album for several weeks or whatever, and some of the, they like three or four hits off of it, big hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really made them even more of a household name maybe than they, they were before. Interestingly, though, it's the last time they had a really big album. Everything after that, I think they just sort of fell apart as a band, partly. It's a big part of it. Uh, I think Ben Orr left at some point. I'm not sure it was... Is he on Door to Door or whatever that 
album is. I don't even know that album. Is that him in the lower right there? It looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's still on so it. I guess he's there. But. So this was their biggest and also their their last big assortment of hits. Mm-hmm. So, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about your feelings about this album. Oh, about Heartbeat City? Yes. Um, well, I mean, it was, you know, there was the, the Cars record that I listened to as a kid. So, yeah. like, emotionally and, and nostalgically, it's my it's my favorite. I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite of their records, necessarily. I just think it's a, it's a really good record. It has some mm. great songs in it. And the opening song, Hello Again, which is, like, the most fun dance song ever, and starts out with this weird, like, zoom, like, sucks you in, like, to it. And then it has all these, like fun noises in it and this really fast beat i just think it's a great dance song mm. yeah you know you do you hate it what's going on over I, there what are you I, holding back man just I, give just even then it. Oh, it came out I, I was in like freshman year of college when this album came out mm-hmm. and kind of rubbed me the wrong way anyway i think why but it was just so hyper polished and mm. overproduced and and i hate hello again Pretty much. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's catchy. I will admit that it's like yeah. a very catchy song. But it's just like there's not anything there that I enjoy huh. And that song or that album? That song. Yeah. There's some do you, songs Do you like it, Eric? Hello again? I, uh, I don't have strong feelings about let's, that let's, song. Let's get in there a minute. Yeah. The beginning is so fun. Hello. Hello again. Wow. I hate that. I hate that introduction. This part I don't mind because this is more cars. Like that other part is just like, who is this? It's like, what is this? this would be a fun dance. It's song. such a good dance song. Yeah. I don't understand how the, produ- the producer who produced Back in Black for ACDC could produce an album like this. Like, well, he didn't finish it. Which this album? He, he didn't. Yeah, they like kind of he left off part of the way through. Yeah. I like the song more. It's so fun. And then it has this great lyrical like section too that we're not at yet. But you can turn the music off if it's upsetting. Oh, no, I, no it's, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got there? Uh, my, my notes were catchy, but I kind of hate it. <laughs> that's, that's all you got. Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> I was just reminded that it never did much for me. Did we get to that part yet? Or, oh, no, is it that you can, slow? I, can, I know what no, you're talking you can, about. No, you can turn it down. Um, it was, it's the part where he goes... You want to feel electric. You want to oh. feel loose. Loose. You want to be eclectic. You want to call a truce. Like, I just, it's so ridiculous, but it's great. And I yeah. love that he's using the word eclectic as I, an insult. Mm. I like the way it's he sings. so good. Yeah, I like the way he sings that part. I, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. It, like, that whole, that whole thing of using that word as an insult, to me, taps into this thing with them that I feel like this is, like, endemic to their whole vibe and their whole musical, like, output is that on one hand, they're deeply cool. They're so cool. Like the music is really interesting and unique and, and the lyrics are kind of deep and like, mm. you know, it's all this stylization, but they're also so dorky and like not <laughs> cool in any way, right? right? right. When you look at the pictures of them. And I, I just think that, that there's this constant thing that happens in their lyrics where they're playing with the idea of being a cool person and are you a cool person? And it's like that love song on one of the mm. first records where it was like, you're all I've got tonight. 
You know, like there's always this element element mm. in all of their songs to me where he's saying he knows they're not cool. They're dorky weirdos and they don't necessarily want to be cool and they're making fun of the things that are cool, but then they're also fucking cool yeah, as shit. Yeah, so yeah. it's a really interesting yeah. thing to me that just keeps like giving and giving right. throughout their music. Right. Hmm. I feel like Ben Orr is like, the cool guy in the group, sort of like he maybe get, you Mr. know Mr. Lollipop. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean. Well, yeah. I don't think he's the coolest. But no, I think uncool guy would. He's like. That. He's Can like we? the one that. I mean, without him, they would all look completely just like dorky, you know. And he, but he kind of gives them a, a front mm. man who you know, kind of a detached kind of coolness. And I don't know. It, that's that's my inter- interpretation. Because even Okasik isn't really. I mean, he's cool. But he doesn't look cool. He doesn't no, have that he doesn't. cool feel. You know? No. Yeah. They're easy to kind of laugh at them a so little bit. So you know, as I'm thinking about it and you're describing that, it's like he has a, a bees G's sort of uh, appeal to him. Is that, would you characterize it that way? Bees G's? Bee, bee G's? Bees, the bee G's. Oh, bees G's? Bees G's? <laughs> Uh, that's, like, know, that's like the bees that's the plural. That's the plural of BG. <laughs> it's the bees G's. That's <laughs> more than one. Wow. Uh, or it's like there's the bees knees. Did Maybe say, you're thinking that. that, that out loud? Yeah. I love that you said that out loud. But we have to watch out. You can't make fun of them because um, Barry Gordy will come after us. He's, mm. I don't know, he might be dead. Is he dead? Barry Gordy. Not Barry Gordy. Oh, Bar- Barry Gibb. Gibb. Yeah. Barry Gibbs. Barry Gibbs? Gibb. Gibb. Oh, just it wouldn't be. The, the brothers Gibb. <laughs> yeah, the brothers it? Gibb. Yeah, two Gibbs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys are terrifying. So, what was your your point about the Bee Gees? Oh, the, oh the, the appeal that he has. As I was looking at the picture on the back of that album. Oh, like he kind of has that. He's he's kind of a, a sexy looking, good looking guy. Well, that's where Barry Barry Gibb was the oh. good looking one of yeah. the group, and yeah. whereas his brother Robin, Robin and Morris were not Morris. <laughs> particularly. <laughs> But yes, yeah, I think I think he it helps it helps them. I, I think it helped them have a, a cooler look. But I was trying to think of a way to sum this up when I was listening to it. It's like, what do I not like about it? And basically, my my summary was on which they lose their personality. And I think that's what I don't like about it. it like mm. it doesn't sound like a Cars album to me, or it's not in their moments, of course. But on the whole, it's could be any competent '80s pop band. <laughs> And it doesn't feel like anything particularly special. Elkasek's lyrics on this get really straightforward. I don't know mm. if you've noticed that, but on a, like Drive, mm. I mean, he'd never wrote a song like Drive before. No, I mean, that's it's, different. it's like a straight ahead love song. No, or, but, but it is. I mean, there's, it is. I mean, there are twists, but but I mean, it's just like so direct. Yes. He's talking to somebody. Well, like, okay. Like, so yeah. I hear what you're saying. Like to you, it doesn't sound like a Cars record because maybe yeah. it doesn't have the weirdness. It doesn't have the like edges to it. It's more smooth. It's more polished. That's interesting. But like yeah. maybe, maybe this is like them actually fucking getting to the, like all the elements coming together and just being like, boom, this is just perfect. Like these songs are just really good. They're not, they don't have weird moments in them that hook you and make you confused mm. about it. They just come right out like hello again. Like it starts out crazy and weird with all their synthy things. It's just an upbeat, dancey song, and then it's it's done. You know, and drive, like, yeah, it sounds like maybe the most straightforward love song, but it also at its heart is so poignant and gets at something so effectively emotionally yeah. that isn't just a flat ballad so maybe right. it's up to us to accept them and there's change that they're yeah offerings. it's part of it's part of like the 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 arc that they want if, if that's them hitting perfection i don't like it it's it's well, too I perfect don't. i mean and that's part of the problem too maybe, it's just like yeah. too there's no room for like error in the, these songs it's well, just and, like it's and they didn't too... do anything after this 
Yeah. Right? So it makes sense, right? They had the first record that came out that was so fucking great and had all this amazing promise. And they kept that same sound through all the records to like varying degrees of kind of successfulness. And this is like, boom, here we go. Like this is, this is like the most perfect way we know how to make this kind of music. And this is like three years after the last time that they recorded. From what I understand, from things I read, uh, Okasik had by this point taken much more of a, I don't want to say heavy hand, but just mm. more control over mm-hmm. how the song sounded. And his demos had gotten more and more intricate, sort of, mm-hmm. so they ended up following the demos a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And so I think it might be him just trying to perfect his his song. I don't know. I, I, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, no just, longer writing by committee or something like that? Yeah, a little less input from the others, so maybe it lost... Maybe that's part of the reason I don't see it as having as much Carr's personality because it's more Rick O'Kay. His I, I haven't listened to all of his solo stuff, mm-hmm. but the solo stuff I heard was really dull, and yeah. I had I had one or two of them, and you know they were they're fine, occasional high points, but nothing to be said. You know nothing much to speak for them. But uh, can we talk about Magic? Sure, because this song is amazing. I do like Magic. It has this weird UFO <clears throat> opening, and then it's just like straight fucking power pop opening yeah. chords, and the first word of it is just summer. It's just like <laughs> the most perfect. Mm-hmm. Like you just in a car with the top down, summer. It turns me upside down. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. It's just it's great. It's it's the best of the upbeat songs in this album. I think. I mean, they're all upbeat, but the the more mm-hmm. the high fast tempo. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's the best of those, and I think it's saved by the guitar and synth interplay that they have in this one because they they do a really good job of that on this let's listen (laughs) it is a supreme song that starts just like this yeah Somebody made a clicky sound in that yeah. song. That's funny. I just heard that too. I yeah. don't know if I've ever noticed that. This would be a great karaoke song to sing. Yeah, yeah. this would be. It'd be really fun. Like those backing vocals are just too cheesy. Though. Oh, it's so fun. They're so fun. Backing vocals are cheesy as hell most of the time anyway, if you like really get, <laughs> come on, like what is it, Drive My Car by the Beatles? Beep, 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 yeah. yeah. It's yeah, like the cheesiest sounds like- background ever. Also, I never realized that that line at the beginning, I see you under the midnight, all shackles and bows. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> like dressed up, but like constrained by social, mm-hmm. you know, oh, like trying yeah. too hard to like look the right way. Right. Social right. shackles and like, bow. yeah, it's good. It's effective. Drive is, as I said, it's I want to talk about this song. definitely the best song on the album by a long shot. And it's a, it's a great, great song. I'd... So before, just real quick. So, you know, I had this cassette tape uh, growing up that was like a big deal. And then when I was in college, I got back to listening to records and I got a record player. And Heartbeat City was one of the first records I had 
in that time. Mm. And I can so clearly picture sitting in my Papazan chair in the, you know, those chairs that are like, yeah, the, yeah, those big yeah, yeah. yeah. in the window of my room. And we had these long curtains and the breeze was just blowing them just nice. a little and like sitting in the sun on this chair and listening to drive. And it was just like the most perfect thing I'd ever heard. Because the the tone of melancholy that this song has, it's to me, it's the most perfectly captured description of the end of the party when you're feeling that excruciating, like teen misery over everything mm. and nothing at the same time. And you just have this like sense that things aren't the way you want them to be, but you have no idea how to make them the way you want them to be or even what they could be to make you feel better. It's like cheesy, you know, who's going to pay attention to your dreams? Who's going to plug your ears when you scream? But it's just the overall sense of this yearning of it, of wanting someone who will understand all your messy and complicated feelings and always love you. It, it, that, it just captures this like idea of love and emotion between two people that's mm-hmm. kind of unformed, but so passionate and so, so, so emotional and so driven, yeah. but isn't really quite real yet because it's not a realized state, you know? Right. Well, it's, there are so few Cars songs that have a lot of emotion to them, as we've mm-hmm. already sort of hinted at but this has all of that mm-hmm. and and it works you know and it and i think a big part of that for me was is ben or his vocals on this are probably his best vocals i think mm. of any car song because he's really you can really hear how good a singer he is on this and he's clearly connecting with the lyrics and it kind of makes me wonder where Kasich was at like to write this song mm-hmm. and when whereas he typically would be so much more elusive about his meanings and everything it's, just, mm-hmm. it's a very moving song mm-hmm. and, and that's not something you say for a lot of car stuff let's listen shall hmm. we? oh sorry Nice congos or something going on back yeah. there. I hadn't really noticed before. Yeah. Who's gonna pay attention to your dream? Who's gonna plug their ears? Hmm. Hmm, interesting. I, I, my favorite part of the song is when he sings that you can't go on oh, thinking yeah. nothing's wrong. Yeah. That, that whole little, the melodic change there mm-hmm. and the way he sings it's just, it's really sweet. This song always makes me feel things. 
Yeah. Like every time. It's like that Seinfeld episode where Elaine had that dude that liked witchy woman by the Eagles and it would come on and he would just get this like thousand yard stare. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the, this song is like that for me. Yeah, like I, this song comes on and I immediately just want to write in my diary. I'm like, you know, cry yeah, quietly to myself. Yeah. It's a perfect song for like looking out a, a window with raindrops coming mm-hmm. down. It's just mm-hmm. rainy. It's a great yeah, Seattle it feels, song. Yeah. It's very melancholy and sweet yeah. and beautiful yeah. and kind of like. Nobody's going to get me. But maybe he will get me. He's watching from across the crowded room. <laughs> you know, I get that this is kind of a, a really nice song and it has a nice flow to it, but it doesn't really do all of it. No. Me. Yeah. Mm-mm. I think it's kind of kind of dull, really. Yeah. I, and, and, I, and I really like what he does with his voice in some places, like what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just seems so... Perhaps it's because of my own expectations of what a Cars song is supposed to mm-hmm. sound like, and this is so different from what they normally mm-hmm. do. Interesting. It is. It's definitely different. Uh, and I think when I first heard it, when it came out, I, I don't think I appreciated it as much, but I think it grew on me over the years. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like a lot more now than I did at the time. I think maybe for the same reason. I mean, maybe I was like, oh, this is not yeah, this like is a car song. What the hmm. But it stands out as the best best written song on the, the album mm-hmm. and recorded, I think, too. But. And this is also, I don't know if it was a drive, but it was one of the songs on this album where I watched, try and watch the YouTube video or the MTV video. And, <laughs> oh, man, it was painful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could, too much hairspray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are all pretty cheesy videos. Uh, I don't know, man. You can say what you want, but they were had a huge effect on video like culture, and they were sure like a big part of MTV in the beginning. Oh, they know. And back then I, I think I liked it, but it's, yeah. it's my, my reaction. I don't think it's aged yeah. that well. The, yeah. the yeah. style yeah, of video, yeah. I think that's maybe more the yeah. problem. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so like the production of it, yeah. the production value is so yeah. compared to what we're used to now. Yeah. Oh my we're God. Now. Yeah. I think they put up all their, put all their strong stuff up front on this album because it gets really generic on the second side. Oh, I like Jackie a lot. I like how Jackie starts Jackie. with the name of the record saying Heartbeat City. Mm. Here we oh, go. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Heartbeat City. Oh, yeah. Actually, I, well, I, my note here too is that, that finishes more strongly. Cause yeah. And I like I Refuse too. That's mm. got some good backing vocals on it. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's take a little listen mm-hmm. here. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, like, I, I wouldn't say like it's their most. It's certainly not as interesting of a record as Candio and as their first, as the Cars. Uh, hands I think, down. But these songs are really easy to listen to. Not interesting to listen to, though. It's like, not this one anyway. I mean. Yeah, but you might. could put this record start to finish and it's like, it's totally fun. No. No? Not for you guys? <laughs> this actually, a couple of these songs really kind of nauseate me somewhat. Right? <laughs> yeah. They, they just make me want to gag because yeah. they're so. So slick and the worst things about 80s pop music. Well, I have, a, I have a note here next to Stranger Eyes. It's not an interesting enough song, or <laughs> not an interesting enough sound That's... to want to get into the lyrics of it and try and understand mm. what he's saying. This is, yeah, this is Stranger Eyes. This is the one I put Ugg next to. Yeah. It's just, oh, God, this is hideous. Yeah, but I like music like this. It's well, you know, music. And it's a good example of this type of music. I'm also thinking, you know, you were, you were younger when you yeah. heard it than I 
first did, and you definitely have more sentimental attachment to it. I still I like listening to it now, though. Like, I don't think of when I hear it. But don't you song. think some of the sentiment still plays a part in that? Probably. Yeah, I mean, it's so, impossible to like. Yeah, you can't separate it. Though. But to me, like, this is a part of the catalog, and I enjoy it as much as I enjoy their yeah. other records. Yeah. Like, I don't... It's a different. It's different from the other records. Was this how you got into the Cars? Yeah, yeah, because this was this the only like, one I had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But I just... I listened to this. I liked this. This has like good hit songs on it. Hello Again Drive, you might think are like, I think they're fucking great songs. Mm-hmm. They're hits. They're great songs. And then, uh, you know, when I got a little older, I listened to like The Cars and Candy O and they're fucking cool as shit. So yeah. in my mind, I'm just like, this band is just great. <laughs> right. You know, these are like three really good records. If they were yeah. their only records, like that would still be really good. Like, these, yeah, you know, they made they made hits, big hits with this record. Yeah, it was it was huge. It was yeah. it was a big big record. Yeah, I I just I feel I, I guess as I said I just think it, a lot of it is very generic to me and and, mm. and I guess if I got into it first is my entry point. Mm. See, I don't know if I would though. I, I, if mm. I'd heard this first, I would have thought, oh, cars. Yeah, I'm not really a fan. Yeah. And hopefully, I would have gotten around to the earlier ones anyhow. Any, mm-hmm. Anyway, I kind, I kind of like the Why Can't I Love You also. Mm-hmm. Third from you. Oh, that was in my. String of three really weak songs. I mean, there was. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's so good. The beginning. That's kind of fun. No, no, that's... There's just so many bad '80s songs that sound just like this, and I. Yeah, but this probably came first. No, not no. eighty by nineteen eighty-four. There are even plenty of these. Well, this was. Crappy songs. Um, this is eighty-four. 83. I think what I like about it is that, that synthesizer sound to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of abrupt. The way it goes. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also not a big fan of synthesizers that mimic human voice. Occasionally it works, but... Mm-hmm. like Does that happen in this song? Yeah. Oh, that's, it's, it's a vocal... It's like a vocoder kind of... That's what synth. that... Main yeah. synthesizer sound is right there. Like, oh, oh. You can hear it saying something through. It's actually talking. Sir. That's rad. That makes me like the song even more. Mm-hmm. That's cool as shit. Because you can't tell really. It's very. It's, it's pretty subtle. subtle. That's really brilliant, actually. And there's like this great later on in the chorus where he like talks over part of the chorus. It's a good song. I like listening to it. And we're not going to even play You Might Think, their biggest hit of their whole career. Because Dave, do you not like that song either, Eric? It was, it was one of those songs that I just heard too many times. Oh, really? Is that yeah. what it is? Well, and that's that's part of it for the hits too. Oh. I mean, like well, we don't have to listen to it. It's okay. I mean, I know what it sounds like. You might think it's fun. It's a fun uh, fun song. It's I might goofy. think it's fun. I do think it's fun. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I didn't even write anything about it, but I, I just it, I got yeah, a lot of arrow going down. It was so, <laughs> <laughs> it was so I ubiquitous. Think, I think you it know, was, like just like where you're saying that maybe for me it's a nostalgia thing. I feel like this record for you guys just 
maybe just got so overplayed. Yeah. And and it has to do with perhaps the videos. The videos were really good, and so they played them a lot. I'm a like, lot, God, yeah. And so I could see that feeling, like, at some point, if something gets played too much, like, it gets killed for you, right? I, I was watching a lot of MTV at the time, too, because yeah. it was, you know, really at its peak, uh, or it hit a peak, and mm-hmm. uh, it, they were everywhere mm-hmm. with these songs, and that probably killed it, too. I mean, but it was on the radio all the time, and it's, yeah, I mean, over overkill mm-hmm. was definitely played a part. Yeah. I think. And, and looking at the video again recently, mm-hmm. it, my impression was it's kind of dumb. The, the video, dumb. Oh, I think it's great. It's weird. I love how weird and goofy yeah. it is. It's mm-hmm. so silly. It's crazy to me that they spent all that money to make it, and that's what they did to it. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're not taking themselves. Like so, it could, you know, it it may be a giant commercial success, but those dudes did not take themselves seriously. They were totally messing around with that format. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, considering wish, how much money it probably took to make it. When I was watching the videos, I wish I would have saw the one where he, he was the head of the fly and those others. I'd forgotten that's about for that. That's for you, yeah. I think. Is that, is that the yeah, one? That's yeah, that's their yeah, biggest you're video. Right, you're right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Let, let's, let's go ahead and play a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a fun song, I, but I just... It's so funny to just, like, review this band and four of their records, and you guys are like, oh, their biggest hit, I hate. I don't want to ever hear it. <laughs> it's their biggest hit, but not their best well, song. Well, that, that keyboard in there, that, that's, that's a little um, clingy yeah. or something. I like the guitar sound, but it's the same guitar sound they do so frequently. I mean, I did like this song a lot when it came out. I, I will give ah. it. I'll admit it. I didn't like Hello Again mm. nearly as much, but just something like Because he's still singing in that goofy voice, yeah, too. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Voice. It's still got all the hallmarks of all of their music. It just happens to be way easier to listen to and appeal to a huge, wide range of people. Well, you know, you know it's not like they're not being true to their their shit it's got all the same shit from all their other music it just is produced a little more slickly and he has one of the weirdest voices for a hugely popular band and he didn't change that at all no he didn't try to smooth it out and the the video too with them in it like they're dressed hair the same as all of their band photos up to that point it's not like they got on MTV and changed who they were like Mm -hmm. this is them yeah no, that's, that's Mainstream true. giant hit makers being exactly who they've been the whole time. They, they were consistent in being themselves, I think, yeah. throughout their career, yeah. as far as I could tell. Partly because I think they settled on a style mm. right away. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they knew how they wanted to present themselves. Visually or musically? Vis- visually mm. is really what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, and, um, and they stuck with it. I mean, it worked. It worked for them. Uh, they, and they actually, I think it synced up pretty well with where the 80s ended up going. You know, because mm-hmm. when they started that, it was 78, and that was just the beginning of New Wave. And, you know, that's one of the things. They're considered a New Wave band by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Some consider them just a rock band, but I think when you take it all into account, New Wave is probably a well, aren't better they, descriptor. Aren't they, like, the first mainstream New Wave band? Uh, like, not by a lot of people. Like Blondie, was, cars, Blondie was probably maybe just a little ahead of them with, like, Heart of Glass came out just yeah. before. But, but, yeah, I mean, they were definitely one of the first mm-hmm. big New Wave bands. The first couple of albums, I, I wouldn't quite classify as new no? wave. Maybe can do more so, but 
I feel like to me it's more new wave than this record is. Yeah, I mean it's it treads some kind of line because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know that first album really rocks too. It's like mm-hmm. that's a rock band too. It's not just a because there are a lot of new wave bands you would never say oh they're a rock band. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, so I'm just saying I think they kind of had a fairly even mix. Mm-hmm. Of, well, the way they bring the synthesizer in, I think that makes a big difference and separates them from the rest. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. brings that new agey sound to rock and roll. And they didn't completely rest on that Mm -hmm. as their sound it was just interwoven amongst the the driving guitars or and and rick okay's voice also that's so different as well yeah Mm -hmm. kind of new agey new wavy new wavy yeah i Hmm. mean it's uh as definable as their sound is you can't really it's hard to pinpoint what they were some people just call them just a pop band you know Mm. they were popular throughout their career i mean they somehow i think it's dork rock Dork rock. <laughs> yeah. I think it. I think it is. Despite the Varga Dork Girl rock. album covers, a little yeah, like my, little like the, like the nerd funk of. Yeah, uh, Tony I, I think retroactively Dork. we should rename that. Dork rock. Dork rock. Yeah. Yeah. Dork rock. I think so. Yeah. Dork I mean, rock it's for sure. it's just yeah, but it's <laughs> but at the same time it like transcends its own goofy weirdness and becomes just it's just great yeah well something i didn't notice until i I was reading about them out here just recently you know their their album covers yes they do include stuff about cars the band Mm -hmm. is called the cars but very few of their songs include any reference whatsoever to automobiles (laughs) except for drive drive is one one of these (laughs) which i honestly also never put in connection with the name until today i I think there might be yeah yeah that's that's true yeah Actually, there was uh, one point where I realized that one of their songs, it was on uh, Shake It Up or Panorama. Oh, on Panorama. Mm. uh, Running to You, stylistically, was very much like the song Cars by Gary Newman. Oh, right. Here in my car. Yeah. And so it was funny that a Cars song sounded like Cars, the song, but. I found it amusing. But. <laughs> I'm glad you were amused. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, as as we close out here, I'm thinking that uh, here's a little clap in action. If I don't know, we may have played that earlier, but that'd yeah, be a great uh, do it. Great Let's closing song, it. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Which clapping action are we talking oh, about? Uh, like best my friend's best girl? friend's girl. Oh, oh yeah. so, so repeat that. I thought maybe yeah. there was another Let's clapping action it. you wanted Let's to. Go out with it. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we Some go. Some clapping to take us out. in the left ear. Uh-huh. You're always dancing down the street.